Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. The Sound of Ink is going to be a fun, fun, fun night tonight. This our mid-May show. Um want to go over some information and stuff real quick, get that out of the way before we get started. If you guys are wanting to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You can call in and read some poetry to us when we get to that portion of the show. It would be awesome to have you here. Uh, it's been a really good week, you guys. I'm really excited. I've I had all kind of fun times with my new, a lot of you may know, I got a wolf puppy, um, a wolf hybrid puppy. German, he's German Shepherd, Husky, and Wolf Mix. We did the whole DNA thing on him uh, where, so we can see what percentages and stuff he is. So it's been really fun and exciting. He ate one of his toys, so I had to take him to the vet, and they had to induce vomiting, and $400 later I got the toy back. Um I think this is going to be a very expensive child. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. But yeah, he is just he's awesome and he's been so much fun and I'm taking him on walks all the time during the day and and uh it's just kind of cool looking at this little tiny puppy and and it's different. I I haven't had a dog in a long time. Um so it's been a lot of fun this week getting ready to plan some camping outings. I'm going to be doing some more going out on site and to uh do some more paleontology fossil digging this summer. So I'm really excited about that. And it's something in the world like, you know, spending a whole day on a cliff face and then going and sitting at a campfire with a cup of chai tea with sweet cream and your notebook and writing about life. Yeah. <laughs> so all these things are going on right now, and I'm really excited about them and uh, looking forward to this, some of this, these things I have coming up. And but so it's nice. If everything going on, it's really nice to be able to come here and just sit and chill out and hang out with you guys and have fun and talk about writing and poetry and listen to you guys read and all that good stuff. So, hi. I'm really glad to be here this week. <laughs> I missed you guys. So the things I want to go over before we start the show, I want to uh, – oh, where's that other paper? I just lost the paper. If I lost that paper, that's going to be bad. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. So, okay, I found it. Good. All right, so <laughs> I always start and start every episode or I start every episode, <laughs> every show uh, doing some inspirational type stuff like uh, we do a journal assignment and we do a uh, writing exercise and we do a writing prompt. And so if you ever get stuck and you're wondering what you want to write about or just looking for some inspiration, you can go back into our show's archives and listen to the first couple of minutes of any show, and you will find all kinds of, of writing fodder in there for you. Okay, So the first one I'm going to give you is your journal assignment. Now, wasn't there wasn't there something I was supposed to do before that? There was. Okay, I'm going to do the other stuff I'm supposed to do. That's what happens when my papers get mixed up, you guys. I get totally lost. <laughs> so first, announcements. Let's do our announcements. 
Um, I want to let you guys know if you are interested in putting together a workshop for us, uh, you can do that. You can do um, any kind of workshop you want. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on. It's just a chance for us to spend some time together and uh, talk about what we're passionate about, which is our craft of writing. And so think about what you would like to do it on. I mean, you can do it on anything, actually. You can do it on, like, your favorite poem. We can talk about the poem itself. We can talk about your favorite writer, your favorite era, your favorite genre, your favorite poetry form. You can pick a form you've never written and walk us through step-by-step on learning how to do it and some prompts to write a piece of poem so that we all have a poem at the end where we've written from a poetry form maybe we've never even heard about before. We had one of those just a bit back on sonnets. It was awesome, awesome. Um, so you can pre-record these or you can do them live depending on what you want to do. The uh, joy of that is that if you decide you want to record these at home on your computer and edit them or add bells and whistles, whatever you want to do on your computer, you can do that. Then condense it down into an MP3 format for me, shoot it over to me, we can upload it to the show and just get that scheduled and put together for you. And I, I can do all your graphics and everything that you need to, to promote it. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. You can so you can pre-record it, get that sent over to me. We can set it up live and do a live show like we're doing right now. If you want to have audience participation, we can do a partial, uh, pre-recorded and live. We could you know start the show and I could do a short interview of you. We could play your workshop and a recording, and then as soon as the recording is over, then we could jump back on live and talk to callers and take questions and things like that. Or if you want to do the whole thing live, whatever you want to do, just let me know. We can put it together. Anywhere from a half hour to 30 minutes, and, or excuse me, a half, a half hour to three hours, depending on how much time you need. And, yeah, shoot me a message. If you Probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Facebook. If you are not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia. That's N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Let me know what you want to put together, and we will get that done. Very excited about those. Next, I want to thank our sponsors, and uh, this year we have quite a few. Appreciate all of you for stepping up to the plate and reaching into your pocket and helping out and showing the love for the community and keeping our license uh going this our uh, 13th year we'll be uh celebrating our 13th anniversary here in october end of november the last week of october um so yeah real excited about that so i want to thank you guys for helping out with the license this year we have james one sapien sean gullickson rosalind prentice john case paula sweet gary and noreen snyder mangus khan ronald uh ronald p bremner terry galloway melvin douglas johnson uma Pochapalli, uh, Christy Doherty, Julie Vargas, and Michael. I didn't remember how to say his last name. He sent it to me, too. Next week, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to have to like, send him roses because I love him so dearly, but I suck at pronouncing this name. But he knows that I love him dearly. So, you guys, thank you, seriously, in all earnestness. Uh, it really means a lot to me, the community that you guys have built here. And, uh, you know, a community that people want to be a part of, people that have, I mean, 13, going on 13 years, guys, we're 13 years old this week. That's, that's longer than most marriages. You know, drama-free, all-encompassing, no elitism, you know, no segregation at all. This is just such an amazing community that you've all built. And all of these people stepping up to the plate and giving a couple dollars or quite a few dollars, um, you know, whatever they could afford to do. Is really a, a testimony to what you guys have created here. 
all of you together as this family. And I just love, love, love being a part of it with you. I couldn't be more proud of you guys. So thank you. Thank you all of you for helping out this year. All right. Now, (laughs) now we are to the exercise and homework part. So go ahead and get out your journals. If you'll remember correctly, you should have a journal or a spiral notebook. I really would prefer that you did not do this on your computer. we just write differently when we have a pen in our hand, and it's mobile. You can take it with you anywhere. Um, and it's not backlit, and you don't have your face in a phone. And besides, you know what? It, seriously, think about this, you guys. You're out at Starbucks, and you're sitting there with your little laptop or your or your whatever the heck they're called, those little tablets, or you know, you're, you've got your phone out, and you're sitting there typing, and you look around, and every single place in there, every single person in there has their face buried in something backlit, backlit bat shit crazy backlit and electronic right they aren't even looking at the people around them they're not even engaging with each other they're not even aware of their surroundings at all but you're the cool one over there with a stack of books beside you you've got the notebook out you've got your pen and you're cool and you're not like all them and you're old school writer okay yeah so you get what i'm saying so be the cool guy you know be the one who still carries that backpack that's a that's a little wink wink to uh, written in pain one of his pieces by the way the backpack joke okay anyway so <laughs> that's what I was trying to say and I've got no clue why I went off on that tangent and um, this is why I'm really surprised that we're still here 13 years later <laughs> oh yeah having your journal you should have your journal be the cool guy that writes in a book use a pen right. Okay, so I want you to take your journal out and have that in front of you or your spiral notebook, whatever it is that you're handwriting in, and so you can write these down. And if I go too fast or get you confused or get mixed up while I go through these, uh, not to worry. Five minutes after the show is over, you can go to the archives and listen to the beginning of the show and take your time and write it and pause it and write and, you know, make sure you get everything written down. But it's pretty simple. I don't make it too complicated, I don't think. So the first thing that I'm going to give you is your journal assignment. And this next couple of months, I think I'm really going to I'm really going to uh, kind of hit hard on this next couple of months. I, it's free writing, free writing, free writing, free writing, free writing. I cannot say free writing enough. I cannot say it too many times. It is really, really vitally important to write something down on paper every single day to create a writer's discipline. You know, how do you how do you you know, become a better writer? You write. So every single day you have to have you have to have that discipline. You have to have the discipline to sit down and say, Okay, I am going to write something. But you don't have to make it work because you know when you make something work and I have to do this and it's you know it's like I have to get work. How many people you know, there's some lucky ones, but seriously, how many people get up in the morning and say, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited I get to get out of this nice warm bed, I get to leave my little puppy face I'm sitting here licking my ear and I have to go in and I have to get in the garage and then I have to drink now I have to get in the car and then I fight trying I'm so excited to go to work. Who does that? Don't make it. Don't make work out of it. Don't make it a chore. Make it fun. Make it messy. Make it something silly that you do. Free writing is supposed to be fun. You're not sitting down to create something. You're sitting down, picking up the pen, and whatever is in your head at that moment, you write it down on paper. 
You know, it can be a random thought. It can be the fact that, you know, you need to buy milk. I don't care what it is. It's just putting your hand to paper and writing something, sentences, letters, words, lines of them. Okay, that is what free writing is, and it's so vitally important. I can't even tell you. I think that what is so fun, it's like free writing is like adulting, but at the same time mud wrestling with your unruly inner child at the same time because there's absolutely no rules. You can just do whatever you want. So don't make it work. Don't make it a chore. Look at it that way, that you can sit down and you can do absolutely anything you want. There are absolutely no rules. That's your page, your pen, your book. You can do what you want. (laughs) But free writing, you guys, free writing, seriously, all joking aside, free writing is one of the single most important tools you can utilize in becoming a better writer, period. In fact, it's... um, it's, for me, it's like a tie for the number one thing. It just it kind of flip-flop back and forth, and we'll talk about the other one here in a little bit. But free writing is like one of the top things you have to do. Every writer should do every single day. I mean, how many hours do you work every day? And you take care of all those daily responsibilities every single day. We all start the day with 24 hours. And and I can't help but wonder why when why then it's it's like so hard for us to find 5, 10, 15 minutes max out of that 24 hours, why can't we find 10 minutes to sit down, pick up a pen, and feed our creative side? Why is that so hard for us to do? Well, it's because the adulting brain likes being a boss. It's the dom. You know, it's going to crack its whip. It makes you think that, you know, it, it tries to push you around. It's a bully. All right? Are you going to let the bully get away with it? Or are you going to stand up and just like, oh, nanner, 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 whatever? Okay? 10 minutes a day to sit down and feed that creative side. You have the discipline to do everything else you have to do every day. Find the discipline to give that creative side a five-minute hug, 10-minute hug, 15-minute time frame. You know, (laughs) think about it this way, all right? Keep, Keep a notebook hidden in your bathroom if you have to. I mean, it's not like you, it's not like you can really do that much multitasking in there. Uh, well, I, I mean, if you put your phone down, that is, because, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just when you first wake up in the morning, right before you go to bed, you know, when you first wake up, dump all that crap out of your head, right before you go to bed, you know, leave it so it don't enter your head when you're sleeping at night. Just sit down and write, okay? So free writing, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, simple, silly, fun, um, but absolutely vital for every writer to do. So with all that said, drum roll, please, da la 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 your journal assignment uh, thought starter, and that's what these are. These aren't telling you what to write. It's just a thought starter. You don't even have to write this. It's just something that, okay, I'm going to sit down and do my free writing. Here's my thought starter. Go. Um, but your thought starter for this week for your free writing is I want you to invent a monster and describe it. I want you to tell where it lives, where it eats, what it does, all that good stuff. So, yeah, invent a monster and describe it. You're not trying to create a poem here, folks. You're not trying to write a story, anything. You're just writing, just silly, random, weird stuff to get in that discipline of your pen moving, feeding that creative side, get it, getting it going. So, yeah, your your journal assignment for this week, invent a monster and describe it. Tell where it lives, what it eats, what it does, all that good stuff. Now, your writing exercise. Your writing exercise is different than your writing uh, assignment or your writing prompt. 
your writing exercise is meant to you to push you outside your comfort zone, to make those muscles stretch, to make you think of things that you normally wouldn't think of, write about things you normally wouldn't write about, which this one here is on, um, you know, just to look at things completely and totally different. So these aren't meant to, to these aren't meant to create great works of art. They're just meant to make you write something like you know, like I said, maybe in a way you hadn't written it before. So don't stress out over it. Have fun with it. Push yourself. You know, no one ever has to read it but you unless you do create something you absolutely love. So the writing exercise for this week is called Strange But True. Strange but true. And I'm always telling you, know, that you, you, you have to have that input. You know, find ways to uh, inspire yourself. Don't wait for your muse to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, yo, yo, put down what you're doing because uh, we're going we're gonna to dance, babe. You know, that, don't sit around and wait for that to happen. Don't make them come to you. Shake them up. Go to them. You find your inspiration. You know, push your muse. The more you push your muse in writing exercises, the more your muse will get more active as well. Hint, hint, by the way. So, yeah, strange but true. So what I want you to do, and this one you can do on the computer because you're at the computer, or just have your computer up in your notebook beside you. Um, But I want you on your computer, and I want you to go to Google, and I want you to type in strange but true. Or you can do a variation on it if you want. Strange but true news. Uh, strange but true facts, strange but true stories, strange but true events, strange but true rituals, uh, customs, laws, whatever. Strange but true. All right. And then I want you to start reading the links that come up. Now remember, this is the uh, this is the other thing that kind of goes back and forth with free writing is what's the most important thing. But you are going to hear me say this a thousand million times. You have to have input in order to have output. This is such a stone-cold fact that you'll probably hear me say it a hundred million times, and I will keep saying it until it becomes so ingrained that I hear you start preaching it to others. Oh, Gossipar, when you can grab the input message from my hand and share it with on your own, it will be time to go. And I don't know why I said that. Okay, but anyway, seriously, okay, I mean it. I absolutely mean it. It is like vitally important. You have to have that input in order to have output. So you have to feed your brain every day. Don't sit around waiting for it to come and hit you with an idea. Go out and find your ideas. Find the things that excite you. When that's when you do that, that's when you're going to start creating things you'd never dreamed of. And uh, So anyway, yeah, feed your brain. Feed it anything. So this week we are feeding it strangeness. Don't eat your toys though. It's very expensive to take those out of your tummy like my dog. So we're feeding you strangeness, strangeness. It was really strange for him to eat his toy. All right. So as you're reading through the information that you find when you Google Google the strange but true, I want you to start reading through the information. And if there's something that captures your attention, jot it down in your journal. You know, uh, fake errorist does jail time. I think we've all heard that story. Um, but whatever the, whatever it is that comes up that catches your attention, write it down. You know, like write down the headline or write down the story thing or write down the person's name and what they did, you know, so you can come back to that again later. And then write down things about, okay, wh- what was it that about that idea that um, that caught your attention? You know, what was... Uh, what was it you thought was cool? What was it that, 
you thought was intriguing about it and write that down underneath because you may go back and look at something, you know, a week later and think, I don't understand what I was even thinking there. But if you write down what your thought was, it's a way to rekindle. It's a spark. This is a whole book of sparks here for you guys when you're, when you know, this is so important to do this stuff. And it's important to write it in your journal so it is in one place and you can go back and refer to it. So read through all of the information and start jotting down the things that um, catch your attention. And when you find that one that you can really relate to, one that really captures your imagination, see if you can't work it into a poem somehow. That's the exercise part of this, writing about something you're not emotionally attached to, writing about something that just catches your eye. There's a really good friend of mine who wrote an entire book as poetry to the people in the Guinness Book of World Records. You know, some of the really strange and obscure ones. And the, it's amazing. It's the most coolest thing ever. Um, so, yeah. It was, I thought it was cool. So anyway, yeah, just find news stories. Write about things that you aren't emotionally attached to, but find ways to attach yourself to them emotionally. You know, find ways. Why did it catch your attention? How do you relate to it? What do you think is cool about it? How can you make it relate to you? Okay. Um, this exercise here comes from my workshop, Writer's Blocks, just an urban legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't get you. Okay, can't hurt you. And it's a really fun one to do. It's, it, you know, you sit there and you pull up. I mean, because you never know what you're going to find. And it's always changing, and people are all going to find something different. But I want to read you a piece of mine that I wrote to this exercise, a few, well, actually many years ago. And I don't think it's a great poem, but I like it. And there's a difference. You know, I know that it's not a great poem, but I really like this poem because it's fun. You know, and it's it was... I did Strange But True, and I found this story, and it just clicked, and I wrote this piece. So I want to read it to you as an example of what I'm talking about because it's fun. So it's called Exhumed, right? And this is how it goes. Let me get that paper over there. Okay, so Exhumed. It's funny, the thing, the my, the things. Wait a minute. Okay, here we go. Hang on, I'm going to get my paper. See, we're just having fun. Everyone gets so worried when they mess up. It's like, so who cares? Okay, so exhumed. It's funny the thing the mind grabs a hold of, stores in its computer chip, forgotten, till something triggers the recall. William Buckland, born in 1784, spent his life eating specimens of every type of living creature he could find. A mole, blowflies, mice on toast, pickled horse tongue, puppies, even, it said, the mummified heart of King Louis Fourteenth. But what I remember most is, while away on business, he received word from the London Zoo that a leopard had died. Buckland rushed back, had the five-day dead, three-day buried corpse exhumed, just so he could see what a leopard steak tasted like. It's funny the things that trigger the mind's recall because that's exactly how I feel. Just like that leopard, every time you come back, digging up the past just so you can take another bite out of me. So that was the piece that I wrote after reading the story about William Buckland who ate mice on toast. And, uh, yeah, I was at the museum and ate the heart, mummified heart craziness. 
So have fun with it. Be silly. You know, like I said, that's not a great poem, but it, it's a really fun one for me because it's, you know, who who knew? Who knew someone had done that? You know, now I get now I get to share this 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 very strange but true fact. All right. Now, <laughs> with that said and done, your writing prompt. So your writing prompt this week. A prompt is different than your journal, which is nobody's ever supposed to see but you anyway, unless you want them to. Your writing exercise, which is just to push your writing realm, get you out of a trench, think about things you don't normally think about, write about them like you wouldn't. A writing prompt is meant to produce a poem. It is meant as a seed planter, inspiration, and with the finished results of it ending up being a poem. Now, you can take any twist on this you want. All right, It can be the title. It can be uh, the uh, line in the poem. It can be the concept of the poem, or it can be the thought that directly relates to the thought that conceived the poem you write. All right? So now remember, this is really important, you guys. I'm, I'm really about pushing you this year. I'm sorry, but I just it's important. It's important that we push ourselves in life to reach a, just a touch further to... Yeah, anyway, so when I give you a prompt, it's meant to inspire. It's meant to set you off and, you know, and if if I give you a prompt and all of a sudden you get this great idea and you go off and on a writing tangent, you know, great, by all means follow it until it runs itself dry. However, after you're done doing that or before you, you know, if you just write the prompt down, I want you to, writing isn't, writing to the prompt isn't really as important, I think, as what you do with the prompt, okay? I want you to, Write the prompt down on the top of a blank journal page. And the writing prompt, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. The writing prompt for this week is under the hood. Under the hood. So I want you to write that on the top of a blank journal page, under the hood. And let's look at that for a moment and dissect it, okay? How many different meanings and takes on this prompt can you come up with? You know, it's like one of the things I do in my workshop is I, I take a salt shaker with me and I hold up the salt shaker and I'll ask people, you know, what do you what do you see? Write down what you see, and you know, someone will write, you know, a glass container holding tiny shard, diamond-like essences of minerals that dance and tickle the tongue, seasoning, blah blah blah, blah whatever. Okay, and and that's fine if that's what they see. But then I come back and I make him look at it differently. It's like, what am I holding in my hand? I'm holding the assassin of slugs. I'm holding a poor man's toothpaste. Uh, thrown over the shoulder, I'm holding a wish. Sprinkled on a windowsill, I keep monsters at bay. What are all the different things that salt shaker could be? What are all the different things your prompt could be? So under the hood. Maybe you're talking about your car or your heart or your brain, emotions, your background, race, family mechanics, the things that make you you. Maybe you're talking about um, an, an actual hood like a little red riding hood or Travon's hoodie. Or perhaps it's something, uh, it's like someone's facade, their makeup, clothing, hairstyle. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the ground beneath your feet, the place you grew up, you know, your childhood home. You know, when I when I was little, you know, we were just young. We were maybe eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, something like that. And in the beginning of the summertime, my parents would pitch a tent, and we would spend the whole summer sleeping outside 
and camping in the yard. And all the neighbors, you know, as soon as it got dark and the streetlights came on, all the kids in the neighborhood, we all camped out in our yards. And we'd all meet under Mr. Garlic's streetlight right up by the right up by the road in the clearing. And we'd play things like Ghost in the Graveyard and Hide and Seek. And, you know, my, my first kiss was in the woods with Randy Davis <laughs> on one of those nights. Um, you know, but it, it was this amazing place. Our parents knew we were out running around at night like that. They could hear us laughing and giggling. We weren't getting away with anything, but it was okay. You know, and now, you know, now, right now in this day and age, I'm, you know, just last winter, I'm sitting across the street from the house I grew up in on a stakeout because someone's been breaking into my mom's house with a 38 on my lap. In the middle of winter, freezing cold, staking my mom's house out, looking for the person who's been breaking into it over and over and over again because the cops don't have the manpower to come check it out. You know, so I'm sitting there with a gun on my lap in the middle, you know, three, four days straight. Was there four days straight? Finally caught the guy, yes, but, you know, that that's so underneath the hood, you know, and kind of a play on words because the neighborhood being the hood, you know, now. But, you know, are are the same grounds that I used to play hide and seek with, the same grounds where I got my first kiss. You know, red light, green light, all that good stuff. You know, so think about when you write down the prompt, underneath it, write down as many things, every single thing you can think of that would relate to that prompt. And don't stop until it's like totally twisted out of recognition. You know, every single thing you like, you know, just like that whole list I just took to under the hood through. Write down every single imagined way that you could play with that prompt. You know, sometimes you'll get two, three, four poems out of one single prompt doing it that way. Whereas if you didn't do that, you would be, you know, immediately uh, inspired to write the easy thought, the easy thing, the first thought you have, and you write it down and, yeah, I'm so good, that thought just came to me. You know, well, maybe that thought isn't that good. Maybe if you poked it with a stick a little bit more, and I'm not saying it wasn't good. You know what I'm saying here, you guys. Don't get all butt hurt. But if we write the easy things and they're good, ah, this is the way I'm going to exclaim it. Then you can't be mad at me because I'm just like mouthy. If you write the first thing that comes to your mind and it's that good, think if you poked it with a stick for a little while and dug deeper. Imagine what you could uncover. You know, how much more you could do with it. How much, how, you know, how much more surprising you could make that prompt. So, you know, I just figure, I figure if writing comes easy for you, then you're not pushing yourself hard enough. If if someone says, I'm just a bitch, you guys. If someone says they're running five miles a day, I tell them, that's great. Now run 10. You know, to be your best, you have to push yourself. You have to feel the burn. You know, feel the burn in the brain. Lift that pin. Push your ideas beyond your own limits, you know, and then have faith and just jump in head first and, and have fun with it, you know. But really... Push yourself. Push yourself out of your comfort zones. Okay, sorry. I tend to get a little, get a little excited. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> All right, so next. I always start and end every episode with an audio track. And if you are a recording artist and would like to have us upload your piece to the show, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title, the speakeasy cafe, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com, the speakeasy cafe at gmail.com. Put MP3 audio files, something like that, in the track 
or in the uh, subject line, <laughs> subject line, so that uh, it kind of stands out for me, and I can grab that, and we can get it uploaded to the show and play it for the world. The one that I'm going to play to start the show with is Forrester Latif, and it's called "Boys Will Be Boys." Here we go. For Tefel Tifa, boys will be boys. When she was seven, the boy pushed her on the playground. She fell head first into the dirt and came up with a mouth. What happened to my track? All right. All right, bear with me. I'm going to try to get this restarted, guys. Hang on. La, 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 la. So, yeah, if you want to have your recording played on the air, even if it's for just a couple seconds, get those emailed in to me. That will be awesome. And it's not restarting for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on with her track. I may need to get her to send that. I don't know what's going on with that. It's crazy. It's not letting me... All right, sweetheart, I am so sorry that I am not able to play that piece for you guys. I'm going to go ahead and grab, play another one. This one's called Dear Dad um, by Jacob Strom. It was produced by Jacob Strom. It's called Dear Dad. Here we go. Dear Daddy, I just wanted to thank you for looking after me so well, even though I'm not yet born. I know you already try harder than Superman. You won't even let Mommy eat sushi. But I need to ask you a favor. Warning. It's about boys. Because, you see, I will be born a girl. Which means that by the time I'm 14, the boys in my class will have called me a whore, a bitch, a cunt, and many other things. It's just for fun, of course. Something boys do. So you won't worry. And I understand that. Perhaps you did the same when you were young, trying to impress some of the other boys. I'm sure you didn't mean anything by it. Still, some of the people won't get the joke. And funnily enough, it isn't any of the girls. It's some of the boys. So by the time I turn 16, a couple of the boys will have snuck their hands down my pants while I'm so drunk I can't even stand straight. And although I say no, they just laugh. It's funny, right? If you saw me, Daddy, you would be so ashamed. Because I'm wasted. No wonder I'm raped when I'm 21. 21 and on my way home in a taxi driven by the son of a guy you went swimming with every Wednesday... The guy who always told insulting jokes 
But they were, of course, only jokes. So you laughed. Had you known that his son would end up raping me, you would have told him to get a grip. But how could you know? He was just a boy, telling weird jokes. And in any case, it wasn't your business. You were just being nice. But his son, raised on these jokes, becomes my business. Then finally, I meet Mr. Perfect. And you're so happy for me, Daddy, because he really adores me. And he's smart, with a great job, and all through the winter he goes cross-country skiing three times a week, just like you. But one day he stops being Mr. Perfect, and I don't know why. Wait, am I overreacting? One thing I do know, I'm not the victim type. I'm raised to be a strong and independent woman. But one night it's just all too much for him, with work and the in-laws and the wedding coming up. So he calls me a whore. Just like you called a girl in middle school a whore once. Then another day, he hits me. I mean, I'm way out of line. I can really be a bitch sometimes. But we're still the world's greatest couple and I'm so confused because I love him and I hate him and I'm not sure if I really did do something wrong. And, and then one day he almost kills me. It all goes black. Even though I have a PhD, a fantastic job, I'm loved by my friends and family, I'm well brought up, and nobody saw this coming. Dear Daddy, this is the favor I want to ask. One thing always leads to another. So please stop it before it gets the chance to begin. Don't let my brothers call girls whores, because they're not. And one day some little boy might think it's true. Don't accept insulting jokes from weird guys by the pool, or even friends. Because behind every joke there is always some truth. Dear Daddy, I know you will protect me from lions, tigers, guns, cars and even sushi without even thinking about the danger to your own life. But dear Daddy, I will be born a girl. Please do everything you can so that that won't stay the greatest danger of all. Absolutely love that piece. So once again, if you're interested in having your piece played on the air, email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. We'll get those uploaded to the show's library and play them for everybody in the world. If you're having problems getting into the chat room tonight, guys, keep poking it with a stick. They've changed our chat room server, and we are having real issues with that, so just keep trying. If you don't see it on your page, I can't see it because mine's in the studio, but I think if you, you don't see it, if you refresh the page, it should show up underneath our live player. So I'm going to have to do some research on that and make sure that's what's going on. So just keep poking with the stick. It should let you, and eventually it should show up on the page. Um, right now I'm in here all by myself. <sighs> yeah, it's broken. Okay. I am going to 
go through some things real quick, and we're going to get to our callers. Once again, if you would like to call in and read your poetry live on the air tonight, you can do that by calling us at 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All right, we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code. And, of course, I don't have my pin out. That would be far too easy and prepared. Our first caller comes from area code 540. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. That's really important. Uh, You want to let people know who's reading. Uh, You don't want your piece going out there into the world, you know, being attributed to anonymous because nobody knows who wrote it. Nobody wants to be anonymous. And as I'm talking, I'm sure you can hear me digging around. Why can't I find a pen? I'm a freaking writer. Why can't I find a pen? All right. I have to do that so I make sure I keep you guys, I write your write your numbers down when you call in. So if your call drops and you get called back in, you actually don't lose your place in line. So that's why this pen was so vitally important. It is to serve you better. Okay. So, yeah, make sure that you introduce yourself. Right now we're going to start out the evening uh, with a two-poem limit. You can read two pieces. Uh, be courteous of the people waiting behind you. Try to keep them right around the five-minute mark. If the lines get too busy and we need to cut that back, there's a chance of that happening. We'll be uh, cutting it back to just one poem. So uh, be aware that that could happen if you're on hold and waiting. It could happen at any time. Yeah, but right now you're doing good. You're, do, you're good to do too. All right. When you are done reading please make sure that you give out your URL so people can come over and visit with you and get to know you better, get to know you and your work, network with you. And then please keep in mind that we do have a mature rating. So you really seriously, seriously, did I say seriously, are bound to hear just about anything, with the exception of hardcore erotica, adult porn poems. Uh, There's some great shows out there for that, but they have an adult rating. We only have a mature rating. So no bumping body parts, no tabbing into slot B. Other than that, you're good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three callers so you kind of know where you are in the lineup. Uh, As I said, area code 540 is our first caller. Then we have 731, 219, and 503. Uh, Then we have 346, 832. I'm just saying them out loud as I'm writing them down. I do want to let area code, uh, those are kind of our, our first little lineup here. So I do want to let area code 734 know that you are not in the lineup, 734. So 734, if you want to come on the air, press 1. And that will let me know that you want to talk to me. If you're here just listening and hanging out, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for uh, for being here. And that's another way that you guys can listen to the show, too. You don't have to be in front of your computer, guys. You can call into the show, 646-595-3965, and just listen uh, via your phone. So pretty cool. So 734, uh, you're not in the lineup. If you want to be in the lineup, press 1. If you change your mind, if you're just listening, great. If you change your mind at any time during the show and you decide you do want to come on, just press 1, and that will put you in the lineup. All righty? So let's go ahead without further ado and get to our first caller, which is area code 540. 540, are you with me? Yes, I am. It's Bill Church down in Virginia. Hey, sweetie, I talk a lot. Do you see how much of the show has gone? I talked a lot today. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> that's what you do. Don't good, you guys so. get tired of? I mean, do you guys even write to these things? You know, is is, is it, do you ever get tired of my yammering? I think we should do that as like an anonymous survey to find out. You know, if I'm taking all this time to do all this and you guys don't even, you know, it's like, oh my God, there she goes again, yammer, yammer, yammer. I think, do you guys really listen to me? 
I, I, I got put right off my, my supper of uh, money heart. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that poem. I love that story. And it's so true. It's absolutely the truth. Yeah. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> Nice um, on toast. He would have friends oh. over, seriously. He would have friends over to his house, and he would get, like, all the rich and the elite people, you know, all the big, you know, the, the it crowd of the day, of, you know, the, the turn of the century Victorian era, and they would all go to dinner parties at his house because they, they thought it was the in thing to do, and they never knew what they were going to serve. And one night they were served mice on toast. That's where that part of the poem came from. He actually served that to his guests at a dinner party. And they all sat there and ate it because it made him cool, you know. Well, I know that stuffed mice, and, and here's my useless information, but the stuffed mice was a, a, a delicacy in the Roman Empire. So maybe there's something to mice. Uh, maybe they, I don't know, people eat squirrels, and that's just big no, I don't want them to eat mice. I like mice. You know, I hate spiders. They make me cry. But if I see a snake or a mouse... I will dive headfirst in to catch those. I love them. I love playing with them. I'm the same way. I love snakes. I lived out here with timber rattlers and copperheads, never been afraid of them and all. And uh, I've actually wrecked uh, automobiles with uh, little spiders coming down from the headliner, getting ready to land on my lap. I've actually uh, driven vehicles off the road and pushed passengers out of my pickup truck to avoid it. I've done that, too, or put my visor down. I was right in front of the school bus one time. I put my visor down, and I hate moths. I am so, moths are as bad as spiders for me. I hate, I'm hate. Yes, i scared to death of moths and clowns. But I put this visor down, and I had my window down on my car, and all these Miller moths, huge, they're about the size of your thumb, flew off my visor and into my face, and I ran my car right into a ditch right in front of the school bus with my kids in it oh. with me. It was crazy. Everyone was laughing their butt off. Oh, well, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I uh, and also, I, you know, I, I got kind of inspired. I think I'm going to write you a poem or write a poem and dedicate it to Speakeasy Cafe. And uh, all I know is the title, and the title is going to be "Poke It with a Stick." <laughs> is there seriously the? Oh my God, seriously, that's like my favorite thing to say. I poke everything right. with a stick. I I touch. I smell. I I lick. I I. You know, it's like I, I'm just like that kid you don't want to take anywhere because, you know, I can't tell you how many times in my life my mom used to tell me, you look with your eyes, not your hands. Your eyes are on your face, not your fingers. You know, to this day, I went into an just a little while ago, I went into an antique shop. And there was this really cool antique pipe, and I picked it up, and I looked at it, and I loved the smell of pipe tobacco. So I put my nose right down on the bowl and sniffed, and there was still ash and shit in it, so I had black all over in my nose, all over my nose. I got all this shit up inside my head, like antique tobacco ash. <laughs> well, what we need to do is give you a, a poking stick. An you can do that. Uh, I would commission you to do that. A poking stick, but uh, <laughs> uh, I want to get on with, with my little deals here, my poems, because I didn't know you'd gotten a, a puppy. I've been, I haven't been on in the last couple of weeks. I, you know, I kind of deal with some of my, my health issues and stuff. But uh, the uh, strangely enough, I have uh, a couple of wolf poems. And uh, the the one that I'm going to read, plus the poem I picked out for tonight, but, you know, the, the head wolf in uh, 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 folk tales is named Aquila. And 
This is a little uh, six-line poem called Aquila Rising. And it goes like this. Be careful with whom you feign your love by what you say and do, because they just might give their heart while it's all a game to you. Should you break another's heart till they can't take it any longer, remember that which doesn't kill us will only make us stronger. When throwing someone to the wolves when you should have had their back, don't be surprised should they return as the leader of the pack. In poem. I love that. That was awesome. That was fun. That was just, that was just, that that was n- nasty. Oh, you yeah. Know? I, I, yeah, that's just, it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sitting here licking my wounds. I'm coming back with my teeth sharpened. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, uh, you know, I've tried to show some range the last few times I have been on. I've, I've done some of my songs and my funny stuff like Barking Spiders and all. So now I'm going to kind of go to the dark. And uh, this is um, this is a five-stanza poem that uh, kind of has a, a refrain. Uh, I refrain the first stanza. The two uh, middle stanzas uh, have uh, medial rhyming, which means it's actually rhyming four times in two lines and so on. And it, it um, I'm not going to say what it has to do with particularly, except that it does deal with uh, a couple of different types of addictions that are kind of the same. Because addiction, you know, uh, is kind of, you know, uh, we all have monkeys on our back, but they're all monkeys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, mm-hmm. this is called... If I could only stop now. I'm wishing tomorrow could just be today. I'd leave it alone, simply put it away. Oh, yes, never again would be my vow. I'd just let it go if I could only stop now. I have lived life so long defending the pride, but I'm not that strong. It's known deep inside. Times with so many warnings, I refuse to heed. So many cold mornings, just one more's all I need. Tallied, broken without an uneven score. Yeah, there's just no doubt. I just need one more. It's all about strife. I've reached the length. It's ruining my life. I no longer have strength. Now, I really hate being fettered by customs of old. Seems I've just been bettered as my will waxes cold. Once I loved only you, but I broke my vow. I don't know what to do. If I could only stop now, I'm wishing tomorrow could just be today. I'd leave it alone, simply put it away. Oh yes, never again would be my vow. I'd just let it go. If I could only stop now. In poem. Yeah, I I love. I, we all have, you know, there have there are all things that we find ourselves slaves to in our lives. We all have something, you know. We don't have to be an addict to alcohol, or drugs, or gambling, or that type of thing. There's always something that we find ourselves addicted to—a video game. Um, you know, a, a person, uh, shopping Money. therapy, whatever it is. You know, yeah, exactly. 
you know, the pursuit of, you know, bigger and betters. Um, that we, we all feel that. But the place that you wrote that from, to me, was that place where you realize you've got the noose around your neck and no one's, gonna, no one's there to shoot the rope for you. No one's there to save you at the last minute that, you're, that, that they're, they're going to drop you. Oh, you know, yeah. When you know that you're going to hit rock bottom, you know, you have that realize, you know, realization that I am doing this. This is bad. It's going to totally mess up my life, and I know I have to stop. But you haven't quite done it yet. You don't haven't quite hit rock bottom. But it's like that, that pivot right before you do is where the feeling of that was for me. I thought it was awesome. Well, thank you. And remember, you know, when you hit rock bottom, and trust me, I've, I've hit a few of them, there's no place to go but up. Well, that's not true. I can just sit there and poke things with a stick. You can poke things with a stick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you forget oh, I like I rocks. I, if I hit rock bottom, that's a good place for me. <laughs> well, yeah. Because <laughs> there'd be fossils well, down there, uh, you know. I don't want to mosey on down here and let somebody else have a chance at it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this is Philip Church, and uh, look me up on Facebook. Send me a friend request, or you can look me up on Amazon, Philip Kent, K-E-N-T, Church. And uh, uh, my my books are, are and stuff's on there. And, oh, by the way, just for the fun of it, I checked uh, – some of my stuff on um, uh, an antiquarian bookseller site. <laughs> They've got one of my 14.99 uh, novels listed for over 100 bucks. So I must be doing something right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you know, I really awesome. am seriously jealous of your your book collection, right? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I added a new one. I got a Robert Frost first edition, 1943. Uh, come on in. Got it for fifteen dollars, and I think it uh, it sells for over a hundred. So, it it and, uh, yeah. went to the thrift shop and found a three dollar Heart of the Hills by John Fox Jr. that's listed in one place for one hundred and fifteen. I got it for three bucks. That's crazy. You know, it's on my yeah. bucket list for books. I you know the old books that are the really old books, like you know fifteen sixteen hundreds that are made with the white calfskin covers. Right. And they have the yeah. backbone bridges on them. Yep. I don't even care what's in the book. I just want one of those calfskin books. Uh, I've been looking for one for so long. You can find them on eBay for like under $50. Believe it or not, they're on there if you look for them. So. If you but, see uh, a link for one, send it, send it to uh, me in Messenger. I want to see. Oh, absolutely I will. I sure will. Okay. All right. You take care, and I hope we all talk to you next week. All right, sweetheart. You sound good, by the way. I'm glad you're here tonight. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye, Philip. Love you, hon. Bye. All right, Mr. Philip Church, we love you. All right, our next caller, 731. 731, you are on the air. Hello, Alice. Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Congratulations on 13 years. Not yet, not till October, but you are very welcome. Well, I know it's not until October. If you look on your Facebook page, it actually shows mm-hmm. in your life events. Started new job at the Speakeasy, November 2007. It may have been before that because I was on, I was on this show before I was on Facebook. I think. 
I'll have to look. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just Because we, we started this craziness on, on MySpace. This is a MySpace conception. That's right. That's correct. And the, we're, you were there from the beginning, weren't you? No, I started two or three years after you did. No, I mean, you I didn't you, start um, you knew me before I started doing the show. Oh, yeah, I knew you very well, very, very well. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. before I started doing the show. So, you know, we we could have, may have to, I mean, you could be the show's baby daddy. We should, like, DNA test this well, or something, because, like, you know, I don't know who the daddy of the show is. Actually, that's not true. I know exactly who the daddy of the show is. I got asked by a lot of radio shows to be on a ton of them. And uh, I just didn't want to do anything. But I told everyone, I mean, if I ever do it, I'll go on speakeasy. And that people would get so mad at you. People were jealous of you in that world. And the reason they wanted me is because I had 28,000 MySpace friends, you know. Like, he must have a huge following. If we can get now. Michael, he can bring his whole network over. Yeah, yeah. And then that's you know, I always try to play it off because, you know, this show, you you know, and I truly, truly honestly mean this with all my heart. You guys have built this show. I come here and I answer phones and I mess up and I'm goofy and I trip on my tongue and, you know, burp on air and all this other crap that I do. And just have fun hanging out with you guys. But this would not, you know, this isn't the Nyla show. This show would not still be here 13 years later if it had anything to do with me. You know, the, the whole backbone, the whole community of this thing is the friendships and the whole web you know, the foundation that the poets have created. It's just, it it absolutely makes me crazy, and I forgot why I was saying this. Why was I saying this, Michael? Um, why were you saying that? Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing if you were paying attention and listening to me. Why was I telling you that? I don't Conception know. Conception of the show, baby daddy, I know who the baby daddy is. We knew each other, 13-year anniversary. I guess it doesn't matter. We know where we are. We're good. Well, I mean, you clearly stated who you are. Hold on a minute. Just a minute. Where is it? Oh, here. Right here it is. Okay, normally I just read one thing at a time, okay? But uh, I'm going to read two because this is really short, and then uh, and I'll read a sonnet next, so I won't take much time. Uh, here's who you are in your own words. Uh, you posted this on June 11th, 2018. You didn't title it. I'll scold you for that. <clears throat> but this is a poem you wrote and posted on uh, Facebook. Since my beginning, I have walked in shadows, felt at home in the dark, dancing at the edge of streetlights. When the rest of the world is locked behind dark windows, it is then cloistered inside these velvet hours when the world has shed all possible need of me. I'm free to walk naked under the stars, footsteps pounding the drum of my own making. Written by Nyla Lisa. That's who you were. That's who you are. You wrote that. That was autobiographical. Do you know something really funny, Michael? What's that? Is before I moved into, when I wrote that, before I moved into the place that I'm living now, where I was living when I wrote that was right next to a wildlife sanctuary. My backyard was the golf club, and I lived in a very wooded area out in the middle of nowhere. 
and when it was late at night, we all, I lived on this one street, and it had these beautiful street lamps, right, like like you'd see in the city, the street lamps that glow. And uh, I wouldn't be naked, but I would have, like, I love these old-fashioned, like these, these white old-fashioned cotton nightgowns. And, you know, like they would wear back in the 1800s. I love those. I love those granny nightgowns. And so, you know, I'm by myself. I'm running around the house. You know, that's, that's just me. Anyway, I used to go on walks at night because I knew the neighborhood that I lived in was mostly old people. So I knew nobody would be awake, you know, because they're really old and they go to bed early. I used to go for walks at night and listen to the coyotes and all that. And I'd walk up and down the street and just, you know, so that's where that, that came from was me actually going out and walking around the street in my nightgown at night taking walks in the wilderness. In the lamp Is that the, let's see, okay, I'm thinking another poem, another picture, okay, you got me tongue-tied, where did you take <laughs> the picture in the park, where was the picture in the park, in the black dress? Oh, that was Under one night light. where I just Washington? decided I would just, took a walk, I'd gotten off work really late, I'd just done a remote broadcast for the radio station I worked at, and I was, it was late at night, and I stopped and was walking around the Capitol, set my camera up mm-hmm. on a timer, and took that. I wrote a lot of poems looking at that picture. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. That's creepy. Yeah, the one oh. where I'm sitting there and the the lights are glowing and the, the eyes the the eyes are yeah. glowing where I'm sitting on the park bench with my back to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a lot of poems with that up on uh, for inspiration. <laughs> I did not know that. Probably should have kept that to myself. Okay, I've got one other thing to do here, uh, real quick. Um, I haven't, I haven't written a poem to a, a, a poetry challenge like write this poem to a picture in ages and ages. And I was multitasking on Facebook a few days ago, and I flipped over and I went to a picture, and this picture really, really impressed me. Okay. And then I, I went and wrote a sonnet for it, a real sonnet, which is no big deal for me. I write those in my sleep. But, and I looked back on the picture, and I realized I was on the wrong side. It was not on a writing side. It wasn't on a literature. I was on a freaking fun pics and stuff side. It was a joke and humor thing with memes and stuff. And I was totally just oh, so embarrassed. I, I put the poem on there anyway. And uh, so far, I've never heard from anybody. But uh, anyway, must have been a popular thing because it's got – you know, 250,000 comments. But uh, anyway, one of them is my sonnet. The picture is three very small dogs, and they're in three very small dog beds and over in front of a fireplace. And the title is Our Wireless Doorbells Sitting on Their Chargers. Okay, it's funny. I get it's funny and everything, but I kind of misinterpreted it. <laughs> But I, I mean, I'm I'm good with it. So anyway, my son is called Three Dog Night Watch. Three Dog Night Watch. The son by Michael Todd. A canine dirge in harmony, three part. Sentinels on the alert as needed. Intruders best not be a faint of heart. No stray taunting sounds are to go unheeded. Two may be sleeping, but the third won't budge. Most often it's the middle one, alert. You know how the middle carries a grudge and is quick to bite for show, not to hurt. This night, a telling surprise is in store. A raccoon stares at the aquarium and a pair of fish three feet off the floor. 
the fish sensed his gaises and both went numb. Raccoon slides down a banister in haste. Empty beds where are dogs, I bet you guessed. In poem. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I love the whole, picturing that whole image in my head. Listening to yeah. it. That was absolutely perfect. Thanks. It's fun. <laughs> You're welcome. Very good. All right. So, uh, my darling, sweet, dearest. Tell everyone how they can come and give you some loves. Uh, I have a Blogspot page, and it's still there. Even though Google Plus is gone, my Blogspot page is still there. So you can go to www.blogspot. No, that's not right. www.miketodd.blogspot.com. Mike Todd is spelled M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. It's complicated. It's just there. Anyway, Blogspot, Mike Todd, come see me. Hey, uh, it's only taken a year and a half hiatus from writing there. Maybe you, maybe I'll do something before the two-year mark hits. Maybe somewhere around your anniversary. I don't know. I've gotten lazy. That would be awesome. Yeah. I know one of the things I was going to tell you that I went on my tangent about and forgot what was part of the point is I never told you back then when you would tell me about people wanting you to come on to the show and mm-hmm. I'm the only radio show that you'd gone on. You know, I have to tell you that really made me feel good. That 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 was kind of a, you know, you don't want to sit there and do, give yourself pats on the backs or say attaboy or anything like that. But but that you used to tell me that, and I I know I always tried, you know, oh, but you know that's so sweet, and you can you could do other shows and and all that. But inside I'm going, yeah, yeah, I love my Michael. <laughs> Just so you know. Sweet, you're very kind. I, you. I was very sincere saying you could do anything you wanted, but deep inside of me that that other that other, uh, yeah, that other ultra ego of mine was just like, yeah, this is so cool. He's our Michael. <laughs> All right. You mean that ultra, that ultra ego sitting under the light with her back to me, looking over the shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the one I look at when I write the poems, okay? We're okay. all, we've gone full circle. You know what time it is? It's I have time no idea. for me to step aside and make room for all the real poets. And by the way, Meg says she's coming, so she don't show up. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> okay. We will find right, out. Bye. Thank you, Michael. Mm-hmm. You're awesome, sweetheart. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Of the old car Nancy in Chicago, Indiana. How you doing? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Welcome to the show, Brother O. Thank you. Thanks for having me on every Thursday. You're you're kinda you're kinda cutting out and far away and I didn't quite catch what you said there. I appreciate you say you have me on your show every Thursday night. There you are. Okay, I got you. What do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? This, this poem is called, When Do We Lose 
a value for human life. Okay. My dear brothers and sisters, the most valuable thing we have besides money, property, friends, and family is our lives. Money and property and material things can always be replaced. Once the life is gone, that can't ever be replaced. And your presence will surely be missed. This is action violence. Committed with no sense of remorse. All these mad shootings going on without regard to claiming innocent lives. All these acts of police officers using unnecessary deadly force on unarmed young men and women without justification. It causes me to wonder when do we lose our value for human life? Burglaries, armed robberies, home invasion, hardworking people losing their lives because desperate people committing crime as a means to survive. When do we lose our value for human life? Beats on social media. Shot while on Facebook Live. Stabbed while riding on public transportation. Shot at while driving on the expressway. Beaten up while people record the attack on their phones like, like fools. When do we lose our value for human life? Terrorist attacks occurring more frequently in public places, having us live in a state of paranoia, not even cameras, bomb-sniffing dogs, x-ray machines, and metal detectors can protect us from people with serious mental health problems, using cars, weapons, or carrying semi-automatic weapons, or having bombs strapped on them. When do we lose our value for human life? Why did disagreements turn to major arguments? Are the drinks are flowing in the bars and in the bars? And as people are having a good time, a fight breaks out. And security escorts the combatants outside. The weapon is drawn out of the car. And the bullets start flying. My dear brothers and sisters, I have to ask this question one more time. When do we lose our when do we lose our value to human life? In poem. Very, very strong piece. That was incredible, hon. Oh, thank you. Impressive. Oh, that's my first time performing. Was it? Yeah, so please, this poem three months ago, I never got a chance to perform it. I think it's a really good piece. I think it's a strong piece. I'm really glad you decided no, to share that it. one. It was five months ago I completed this poem. I never, never uh, performed it. Well, I'm glad you did here tonight. Thank you. 
You're welcome. You're very welcome. All right, love. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Okay, everybody. You can find me on Facebook under Omar Brother O'Gatling. As always, I truly appreciate your your support every week on the Speakeasy Cafe every Thursday night. Thanks very much. You are very, very welcome, sweetheart. Appreciate you, honey. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank, thank you, too, doll. I appreciate you. All right, brother O. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. I'll be back. <laughs> Bye, hon. All right. Going to go ahead and give the lineup here real quick so you know where you are. I do want to remind you guys that the chat room is misbehaving, so if you're trying to get into the chat room, keep poking it with a stick. It'll let you in there eventually. All right, and... uh yeah, I'm not real sure what's going on. Like I said, they switched it just um, just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Just, just, you know, refresh your page. Keep refreshing your page, and it should pop up for you eventually, I hope. Anyway, so, yeah, it is there. Again, let's go ahead. We're going to do our next callers. We come to uh, next will be 503. Then we have 346. 832-734-256. Okay, that's the lineup over our next caller. So let's go ahead and grab area code 503. 503, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, yes, baby. I am. <laughs> no, don't call me baby. You're talking so fast, I'm about ready to correct you. I'm talking fast? <laughs> you are. Absolutely. I've been listening for over, what is this now, an hour and a half? Yeah, you're talking fast. Yeah, lay off the coffee. (laughs) I know. You know what's really, really funny about that is I bought myself (laughs) some new tea yesterday. It's a a chai tea, but it has caffeine in it, and I've been drinking that for the last Uh two days. And normally Uh the tea I have is a green tea that doesn't have caffeine. We can all tell. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. I actually find it kind of funny. Come on, <laughs> us performers, you know, a little stimulant doesn't hurt. And I keep it to green tea and coffee, okay? That's all <laughs> okay, I I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll pace myself. <laughs> <laughs> So I woke up with a stimulant today. You did. Is that? I did. I did. Okay. I, I, I forget about the delay. Okay. So I woke up with a stimulant today from our good friend Uma Jean. You know her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Your program has um, actually introduced me to three new poets. And uh, she is one of them. And she invited me to her new poetry plays. Uh, so I thought I would write a poem for it, right? Because isn't that what you do when you're invited? You know, you bring a bottle of wine or you bring a poem or something, right? So I wrote That works poem. for me. 
I know, right? <laughs> All right. So I, I, I think this is appropriate. And um, um, remember that uh, Umuji is from East India. So I don't actually understand any of the language that's on this page. <laughs> I don't even know if it's Sanskrit or Hindi, you know. But it's pretty, but isn't it? It's pretty, but freaking Facebook um, translations, they suck. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're barely able to make out the nouns if you were to go verbs or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Uma and I have, uh, we, we, you know, exchange comments. We both are on the same page. So uh, I wrote this poem for her page. You know, took me an hour and a half. It was taking a long time. Does it take you a long time to write poems? Years sometimes. Yeah. I always find that I have to throw up on the page, then I have to reduce it because it's easier to clean up on the third stage. Mm -hmm. Understand? I don't know how other people do it, but that's my. I always laugh when people say I never edit anything, and I don't see how, because I edit everything five or six times. (laughs) Absolutely, all of my Facebook posts have like that little post note that says this was edited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never get it right the first time. Mm -mm. (laughs) Me either. Although people who, you know, speak quickly and are on too much caffeine, those people, you know the ones I'm talking about, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I should probably read the poem and get the hell off, huh? All right. Well, this poem um, expresses an idea uh, that is a concept in Vaishnav traditions of the East Indian world for my good friend Umaji. Sitting quietly um, boy, sitting quietly doing chapa you have a bead upon my skin sky above me blue and cloudy reminds me of my dearest friend it's been weeks since he went missing. Will we ever meet again? Wait, what was that I just heard? The sound of the flute upon the wind. End of poem. I loved it. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Hey, are you going to was... read two tonight? Do you want me to read another one? Yeah, you can. You get to read two. I didn't talk too much. You guys can read two. Well, the only one I have would be from like the seventies. You know that one. Seventies are okay. Morning. Oh, the seventies are okay. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you didn't grow up in them. No, but you did. I I (laughs) was. 
Oh, you were like one of my. You were one of my first older men crushes too. You know that. Girl, I, I know, I know. Stop with that. You ser- seriously, yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> you knew me back then in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And you knew, you knew that I was. No, that I didn't guy. know you in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, I knew you in the seventies. I'm singing you a song from the 70s, all right? It's one I wrote. Okay. I'm just kind of flipping through the pages here. We did this, you know, the other week. All right, here you go, girl. I wish I had a fiddle. I'd bow you out a song. I'd make it sweet. I'd make it last. I'd make it all so long because I love you. Oh, yes, I do. I wish I had a mountain. I'd climb it all so high. I'd climb a thousand other ones just to put your name in the sky because I love you. Oh, yes, I do. And this is why I'd like to see you once again. Oh, we had such a nice life. We did first begin. And I remember once you said you'd wait for me. Ah, please, my little darling, please stay free. Because I wish I had a fiddle. I'd bow you out a song. I'd make it sweet. I'd make it last. I'd make it all so long. Because I love you. Oh, yes, I do. And I love you. Oh, yes, I do. And the book. That was amazing. No, that was sad. See, you, you were you were profound and incredible even back then, with your white bell bottoms. I with my white bell bottoms, trying to do a good country song in the middle of freaking rock and roll heaven. <laughs> you know I love you, uh, don't you? I know. I, I love I you, will, too. I do I, know that. Yeah. I do. All right. All right. So, you know, your Facebook uh, connections have brought me three very good friends and poets, Uma B. G. being one of them. Uh, I just want to thank you for that. The connections are really great. It's so much fun to be with other artists. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, that's what's awesome about this community. You know, the, the the people who inspire us, the voices we recognize, the you know, just the networking of it, the all of it. It's just incredible. So for you to write that for Uma's page and all of that was just sweet. You know, hearing about, you know, the friendship and the the respect for your fellow writer and someone who's part of our community. It's just it's awesome, John. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, Nyla, it's because of you. You were the hub. You were the hub. (laughs) We're running a pretty loose ship here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, peace be with you. Lay off the coffee. Have a good time. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Thank you, hon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You know what's funny um, is that really has nothing to do with coffee. 
Uh, it has to do with when I get talking really fast, it's because I'm nervous. And uh, I've been that way my entire life. I have such a horrific, horrific fear, uh, fear of talking in front of people. And even though I've worked in radio my whole life, when the light, mic goes live, it's the exact same type of thing for me, That just that horrific fear. I just, I can't breathe. And if I don't get myself calmed down in the first five minutes of the show, then, you know, we just have one show. We have a show like today. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that actually stems from, you know, but I still do spoken word. I still do performances. I still do this all the time. I've done this my entire life working in radio for my career. You know, I've done this for 13 years with you guys, even though it really is hard for me to do. It's really, you know, it's it, it's a very serious uh, you know, almost a, a physical reaction to, you know, the fear of standing up in front of people, the fear of talking in front of people. But, you know, that's why I'm so appreciative that you guys just hang with me, you know, <laughs> and afford me my eccentricities. All right, let's go ahead and grab our next caller. Next caller comes from area code 346. 346, you're on the air. Good evening, Myla. It's Amelia T. Davis calling from Houston, Texas, a.k.a. Political Angel Queen. Okay, I just, I, I'm just i going to put the, pull the phone away from a little bit before I do this. Okay, I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to move my phone. How are you, Amelia? Um, I also had to send out a warning uh, to somebody else, so hopefully they have uh, listened to my warning. <clears throat> I... Am fabulous. Oh, Thank you for asking. The lungs on you, woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. What, my darling girl, have you brought for us tonight? Well, I just wanted to say that um, somebody thinks that our voices sound very similar, and I'm like, oh, my God, they do not. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> without further ado. Huh? Whose voices? Uh, yours and mine sound similar to somebody but um i'm like oh no they don't sound similar not whatsoever <laughs> okay so anyway without further ado i'm gonna bring i bought um the piece cosmic and so here it goes when the planets align a miracle they produce two souls intertwine through space and time Spirit to spirit, soul to soul. This is a yin and yang of a totally phenomenal class. The energy between the two feels like lightning bolts coursing through their veins. Two hearts beating as one. A in sync and thumping like a bass drum. A king beyond compare, a rare, unique breed. His strength and intellect 
overpowers all obstacles. His voice sends joy overwhelming, melodic and profound. A queen, regal and strong, having his back through thick and thin. She strengthens him with honor and grace. Her voice soft and sensitive, warm and inviting. If weakness comes, the other intensifies, bringing fortification and sovereignty. Peaks, mountains, valleys, lows means nothing because they keep it heavenly. The power that they exude, no foe can destroy. A match made upon the universal light. Mars to Venus, stars upon the celestial plane. Peace and harmony reign supreme. When their passion ignites, a supernova explodes, creating a cosmic explosion. Erotic fires burning deep into the night as bodies enveloping into one another. Warm rivers flowing into the ubiquitous ushers in the new era. Beyond the physical a phenomenon of the psychic, a birth of love everlasting. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, in peace. That was incredible. That was beautiful, sweetheart. Thank you. So, do you want to do... Do you want me to do a, a second piece? You have time to do a second piece, yes. Okay. Um, I'm trying because <clears throat> I wasn't quite sure. Okay, I'm going to do this piece. It's called Pen Explosion. King's excellent wordplay has my mental in a swirl. Drinking from his inkwell has me intoxicated. Sliding my lips upon his strong and mighty pen. As his pen drips, I lick up every drop. I deep throat every noun, verb, and adjective. His words coursing through my veins like heroin. Metaphors and similes are our foreplay. As his pen slides into my consciousness, I slip into a euphoria of his droplets. His creamy chocolate pen penetrating my imagination conducting a vortex of his stimulation. His elixir of ink cascades through my nervous system with an electricity of desire. 
his quill pumping hard and fast upon my notebook of intellect. You see, it's spiritual. God spoke the world into existence. Words are powerful, and his are unadulterated fire. In turn, my pen is set on fire, dripping nectar upon the pages, flying through space and time where love reigns supreme, wandering through the universe with my mind's eye, bringing the fire of the ancients upon the papayas, my wisdom exposed to all as I drip nectar, trees absorbing the intellect, Unattainable passion dripping on the pages. He devours, consumes, delights. His queen, united in rhyme. Our souls intertwined in a dance of the verbal. Ink rivers flowing into the cosmic. Brings a supernova of a literary kind. Fire to fire brings atoms bursting, embers falling like rain upon the consciousness. Two pens, explosion. Musing of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. I don't know what to say. I don't. I don't know what to say to that one. <laughs> I do. I don't know what to say. I don't. I think I might need a cigarette. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> well, uh, you can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis. E-M-I-L-I-A-D-A-V-I-S or Poetical Angel Queen. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. Same name, Amelia T. Davis. You can Google me, Amelia T. Davis, or you can find me here every Thursday night with Nyla. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> I love you, right. sweetie. Love you successes. too, Amelia. Fantastic Next job, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> bye, bye, sweetheart. Okay, our next caller comes from area code eight three two. Looks like we may be having. Hang on, one moment. Eight three two. After me, again for just a second. Um, 832, we'll be right back with you. If you are on hold tonight, um, don't hang up. I'm having some issues with the lines. So if you're trying to call in, the number is 646-595-3965, 646-595-3965. If you're getting that fast, busy signal, just keep trying. If uh, it's not letting you in and when you dial in, you can't hear me, um, just keep trying to dial back in and it will let you in. Uh, I'm sure they're working on this for us right now. I haven't got a message yet, but I just saw everything go nuts. So 
Yeah, keep trying to get in. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead. We've got, oh, we just lost another caller. Dang it. Okay, so I have 832 and 256 on the air with me right now. Okay, so if you guys don't don't hang up, whatever you do. 832, speak to me, darling. I'm trying to get there, Miss Nyla. Hey, you. How you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm going to keep it short tonight. Cause I just got to get back I just got to uh, It's called uh, But Then. We lead the way through the wars we knew nothing about. But then we weren't fighting for them. We forged a path through tears, bloodshed, and skin scarred agony. We stabbed the but then our strength for survival was not gathered for them. We have struck deals, made compacts and agreements to whip. We have adhered to the letter that they never could. Lies, poison thoughts, broken literary rubble mounted before them as if ready for burial. What so many tombstones for such offensive language. Language to which they profess ignorance of their own terminology. But then we didn't sign our flesh to those deals for them. We have seen our peoples die from starvation from behind the paper wall and the cherry fires. Their charred remains that are feed not even enough for the ceremonial wrap of binding the burial tree. We have watched our old ones suffer daily in the shadows of someone else's progress. And we were told we too could sink our teeth into the arterial mass of our mother help with her destruction. Some of us chose the liquid mask of liquor. Some of us left the best of ourselves with the bones of our old ones. As if we could shed our structures of DNA like a snake with its old skin. But then we did not make our choices for them. Mon Some of us stand between two cooking pots with a groaning hunger, painted shades of indecision on our faces. Some few of us make sacrifice to feed people's our way of life collective spirit oh, the clay of human beings there remain those who walk the way of healing sometimes reeling from the hideousness of prejudice contempt threatened for carrying forward what is their truth it is said and properly so that the problems never change nor the answers that can affect Return to self, but then we did not become professions of truth, of dance, ceremony, 
nor earth medicines for them. Wajinga itra ungue niga shiga wamopshete no pehi trago in. Ghost road born, most of us upon our night journeys travel alone, walking blessed by the spirit kind, working with our hands, giving what we have to those who need us most in this life, ensuring their survival. There are numbers of great tragedies, statistics of OD, inebriated, the branded burdens of killing, victimologies, and suicide. Drowned bones wedged into the weave, driftwood drifts, an eternal flood. They have seen too much, saved too little of themselves, absence of opportunity for relief, bound as we are deep within the roots of Holocaust, genocide, the one they won't recognize. We live in shadow play every time we bother to wake up. We are ghost barn, walking all of them home, making sure they are none of them alone. But then we didn't, we don't die for them. Nigga ke wa sida ujungi, no ke ujungi huwe. In peace. Very emotional. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Almost had me in tears. It's been a rough. Yeah, well, it did. It did me because I just. Had a lot of crap going on this week, and you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a good week for a lot of things. So, anyway, it's just me, SB Blue. You can find me under Rafe Wild at Facebook, and uh, can see uh, or hear some of my other works on uh, Red Earth One. It's a free uh, podcast, various areas, and that's that. Did you want to read a second piece, my darling? Uh, I could. I don't. I I was looking at something. I wanted to. <laughs> I don't know where it is now. Um. No. Okay. This one's called sleep. Calls fall short, seeping through the sodden blue spombo. Rain fell for an hour, couldn't catch a drop on my tongue. Words fell from the dresser, soft and blurred like the collecting dust. Blood mist, blood kiss, Rabin, and I'm gone again. Mojon a wanderer, a traveler of an earth, or some might say, calling me. Precious bones of a dying planet, horals of green spring the season, many covet get stuck in the lining of my jacket. <laughs> 
Perhaps I should shed my skin as after a fever. Be back, Fonsi. Fever dreams are strange things. Sleep is almost over. The dunes cascade over sand hills. The and we shall lay the crooked straight you see the heat of wither sends of different times the surge of oceanic drift the spew the spray from an inland sea sleep it is almost over being a bassy there is a cascade of hailstones I becomes we, there is nothing, nothing left in spirit. We, we pray, give reverence to the praying wind. And all is forgiven. With the tide, predatory, saline, froth. Botra troca. The foam, the smoke of all born yesterdays. All things done shall come again, resurrected. Resignation, reincarnation, the spit of putrid pearls, someone else's imperative regurgitation. And we are the raw cascade of severed stars. Members of dim light cut from their stories of origin. Yes, dead star dims, bones of other planetary forms, what he. We are our own collective of red earth and human beings, the grace bestowed, a debt, a gift never ours, something owed, closing in, cast asunder into distance. Etrog, sleep of the sun, oh, sleep, it is almost over. Being a monkey, who is Wow. That was absolutely freaking intense. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Holy shit. It's one thing that keeps me walking on that line. Mhm. That was phenomenal, hon. Thank you. All right. Tell everyone how they can find you. Yeah, all right. You can find me on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's Rafe Wild, and then a parenthesis that says Soldier Blue, and that's me. I'm there and also catch, uh, like I say, some of my stuff on a podcast, the Red Earth One, that's a free podcast. And uh, doing some things with Reverb Nation and uh, putting some work over there. And uh, probably going to start trying to figure out some ways to do things on YouTube again. I just made it more difficult to do any uploads and downloads. So it's. Trying to trial and 
error basis for me. But I'm working on it. Well, you've got a lot of stuff out there, people. People could spend months hunting all your secrets down on the Internet. You know that, right? <laughs> you've, got, you've got videos here and things there and blogs there. and Yeah, you're everywhere. You're Googleable. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. funny. All right, my darling. Anything else you would like to add before I turn you loose onto the big bad world? Yeah. I, this is just a coming some, from someplace else, but it's just in, something interesting that I kind of came to. And um, it's just something that's just kind of like a one-liner thing. I think it's interesting. You know, there, there's always you know those bunch of those, or the, I should say, those kinds of folks who want to say that, well, you know, you're being uppity and you don't know your place. Well, my thing is, you know, if you want to talk about that, know your place. There's no place to know except the next place that you're going to. That's true. You know, don't tell me how to know my place. (laughs) I'm still walking, you know. I'm still walking. Indeed you are, my love. All right. So, guys, go visit with him. I'm trying to get my next one. Can you tell I'm stalling? I'm just, and so <laughs> I'm talking so slow. <laughs> Once the so do you time have to go or can I keep you on hold in case, and you can find another piece in case I can't get any of this other Yeah, lines. I can do that. Okay, all right. Just right. I'm going to put you on mute. And I'm going to come back and grab okay. you in a little bit. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and try to get area 256. Can you hear me, hon? Yes, I can. Well, hello. And how are you doing, lady? Been a while. I am. I know. What's been going on with you? I've missed you. Oh, God. I've been moving into a new place. I'm operating off my not-so-smartphone until I can get internet. Uh... Basically, I have been shedding a lot of trauma and drama out of my life, and even though I don't have it in my life, I seem to have been destined to be the messenger of it to others. Isn't that is, situations like that are such an emotional vampire? They just, you know, know it's not I your mean, drama, it, but it's like, you know, w- what am I, the Panama Canal? Really? You can't go around? Yeah, really. <laughs> you have to come and, right and through me, the, really. I met this nice lady. Her name's Glenda. Uh, we've, we've been talking. And I've met her twice. We've been talking for weeks. Uh, she came along to me and said, oh, by the way, Stan, I have this program that I'm uh, a part of that you might be, you know, be able to benefit from, you know, which is like grants and things. I thought, fine, sure, you know, if, if, it's, if it's possible, why not? Well, she sent me the information, and being cautious, you know, my dad taught me a long time ago, if you buy a diamond ring for a dollar, it's probably not worth a dime. I began picking <laughs> I up it. a car. Uh, it turns out the gentleman 
whose name is supposed to be this federal agent over this funding. I actually did a search on his name. He's supposed to have been a resident of Washington, D.C. all his life. The only person by that name I could find in Washington, D.C. The picture of him doesn't look anything like the guy. And that particular person has been dead since 2006. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh, I started checking out the information. He said he was part of a federal organization that was linked to the United Nations since 1944. The United Nations didn't even actually exist till 1945. He said this was a coalition of 189 nations. There were only 51 original nations in the United Nations at the time. I mean, the thing just started to fall apart all over. So I actually went through the guy's whole Facebook profile, and I finally located a phone number. So I thought, okay, I'm going to call this just to see, you know, what's going on. Now understand, this is an old, bald, Washington, D.C. resident white guy, okay? That's him. That's the image. I called the number, and his answering machine informed me that he was busy. He told me this is his name, and then he said, I'm busy right now. You'll have to call me back later. No room for you to leave a message. It just shuts off right there. The problem is there was no mistaking his very definite African accent in his English. And I went, oh, my God, I've got to drop this bomb on her. This is not what I wanted. Uh, oh, God. You know, and this is not the impression I want her to have of me. Oh, yeah, I remember you. You're the messenger who came and dropped a load of shit all over my dreams. So nice to see you again. Really? But you know what? There's too many people out there taking advantage of other people, so if you have to be that guy, be that guy. I am that guy. I was that guy. I'm just waiting to see what the yeah. fallout's actually going to be. Well, just sidestep it. You've done your part. Sometimes you're just supposed to be there for a moment and then, you know, so be there for your moment, sidestep the bullshit and walk away. And if it's still there, it's still there. Amen. (laughs) I just feel bad having to be the guy to unload that on her. I know. Oh, well. And life goes on. But you could also end up being her hero, so just saying. <laughs> her anti-hero. <laughs> That's what it is. <sighs> okay. So, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's all sunshine so and how, so how are you? you know. We'll all be drinking that food double up and eating that rainbow stew, honey. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all right. You know, I I did what I, I know I did what I had to do. I didn't like it, but I did it. Yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> oh, well. If life wasn't complicated, <laughs> would we yeah. have much fun? Yeah, you know. 
Well, I've got a nice poem for you. Okay. And this is from the uh, Garden of Poetry and Prose, and I titled it Hollows. Watching our battered world through a grimace of pain, is common sense extinct and conscience seen arcane? Leaders bellow bombastic, disregarding points of fact. Volume vacuous of validity through fear and hate detached. Where are the souls of conscience? Where humanity above market franchise? Have we lost our sense of compassion? Our feelings hollowed? Souls lobotomized? Running headlong to extinction, we just cease feeding the greed. In the enlightened eyes of love, find the real manner we all need. Might be just me, but think this might be where to start. Stop following words media fed in your head. Time to start leading with the heart in peace. Wow. That was amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome. You are very welcome. That was absolutely incredible. So I always like talking about inspiration and all that. So where was the first spark for that? For that one? Believe it or not, there were two two words that uh, we were given as a prompt. And that is what actually inspired it. The words were vacuous and grimace. Two very interesting words for one poem. See, isn't that freaking awesome? Really? If somebody hasn't thrown out those little bits of, those little seedlets of thought, that poem wouldn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And it was excellent. It was excellent prompts. They, you know, they popped off something good inside me. So, hey, I like that. <laughs> you know. Mhm. Oh, I benefited from it too. So yay, yay you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Make me feel better about me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and that was awesome. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And you are very, uh, very welcome. You got time for another short one? Mhm. Okay, now this one is called Affirmation. It is beyond the material, as real as stone, even if ethereal, transcending all segregation. Power beyond all authority can stand as giant, even as minority, bring a soul to truth's revelation between two beautiful obsessions. Between all the greatest collaboration in all history, nothing more profound. If we truly want hate to cease, only through love will souls find peace. With each new heart, love's power compounds in peace. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. It's good to be back on on the air and, and doing this. I need this. This is therapy for me right now. So 
why you know I don't want to I want to pry I'm not going to get all up in your up in your grill work and stuff but you know I, no this is not okay for you to be gone this long just so you know I I, I know I life can be rough and you got things you have to do and you things you have to deal with and all of that but still Yes ma'am understood you, you, <laughs> I get you and you're right. It wasn't exactly it wasn't exactly uh, uh, healthy for me because I haven't. I not only have not been writing, I haven't even been reading. I've had so much else going on. Well, now that things are starting to settle out again, I can get back to my normal. So at least what let me I ask you this: normal. Do you have? You know how I gave out the homework for the the beginning of the year. Uh, one of your homework was to get a spiral notebook or a journal. Did you do that? Yes, I did. Okay, and, and I, do you write can. in it? Do you do your free writings and stuff like that? When I yeah, when I'm not up to my eyeballs into other mischief. <laughs> I, I go if you miss the ones at the beginning of the show today. Um, go back and listen to the beginning of the show and write those down. I really would love to see you do those this week. Okay, and I will tell you that even though I've been busy, I have been keeping up with some of your prompts that you've been posting, like the Tangle in the Tapestry, the Chill of Winter's Darkness, Sits Quietly, Uh and Simple Ways. So I'm going to be playing with those as well. Very cool. Well, I know that sometimes people just have to do what they have to do. My whole point is just that know that when you're not here, you're missed. And your absence is felt, and your presence that is not here leaves a your unpresence leaves a hole. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. You never tell and me it was right, you? As well, because I miss listening to the other poets. You know, like I got in tonight, and I was lucky enough to catch you know a piece of what you know Philip was doing, and of course Soldier Brew was on, Brother O, you know Lady Amelia. So it's great to be back hearing these voices again. If I'm going to have voices in my head, I would like it to be these people. (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. If I'm going to have voices in my head, I want it to be you guys. Okay, please. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so you know you just gave yourself some more homework, right? Let me guess. Voices in my head. One that I want it to be titled, if I have voices in my head, I want it to be you guys. Or if I have a voice, if there's a voices in my head, I want it to be you. Okay. When am I going to learn to shut up? <laughs> Hopefully never. Okay. If I have you, you voices take all my bossy head, fun away from me. Well, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> oh. Who would want to do that? <laughs> exactly. That's just not right. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right, sweetheart. Let me take a look and see what I've got here on the board. All right, so do you want to take off or do you want to hang out and find another piece um, and have me come back and grab you in a minute? Sure, I'll find another piece. I'd love to. Okay. All right. 
I will be right back with you. Okay. Did you tell everyone how to find you again? Oh, uh, well, of course. <laughs> Finally, again, you can find me on Nyla Alicia's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, I still do have a Tuesday night gig, 9 p.m. on Epiphany Radio, the Hurt Locker, with uh, a lady hostess that I I truly admire. Her name is Rebecca Hollywoods, a.k.a. Murder, she wrote. It's what we call poetic therapy. The subject this coming Tuesday is going to be bullying. And you can find me in the 2017 and 2018 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic. And, of course, in our friend Philip Kent Church's Outlaw Poetry Anthology, We're in Cahoots, available on Amazon. There you go. Very cool. And your Facebook page? Stanley Phillips. Very cool. So why don't you hang on hang on one second? All righty. You stop talking too fast. I put a grape in my mouth. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am a professional. Why don't you just go ahead and hang on the line with me? We'll grab our next caller. You wanna do that? Sounds good to me. Okay, no sense putting you on hold. That would be silly. All right. Next caller comes from area five eight five, five eight five, you're on the air. Hello, hello, this is Doug Curry. Hey, Mr. Curry, how are you, sweetheart? Very good. I joined just a few minutes ago, got a chance to hear the end of the last poem, so glad to be here. Well, we are really glad you are here, and the stage is yours. You can read whatever you would like, my dear. I got Stan here with me, by the way. I'm sorry, say again? I have Stan here with me, by the way. Dan, how are you? I'm doing fine, Dad. It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, I enjoyed hearing you at the end of your poem as well. I'll be listening for the next one. All I right. have I have one of these short things. This is called Hand Me Downs. We wore such clothes that fit who they fit. Some of our things were threadbare, worn but mended with patches on elbows and knees and ready to be handed down to the younger ones growing, getting bigger, wishing for better, stylish, new things of big brothers and sisters, cousins who had everything new. We knew for certain one day would surely be ours, awaiting our turn to be just like them, for the neighborhood, the world to see us in our new hand-me-downs. So cool. And the and the fall. Go ahead, Stan. That was nice. I enjoyed that piece. Thank you. And Thank like you. I, said, I I do enjoy listening to your reads. I really do. Well, you know, if it's if it wasn't for late in life deciding or discovering to write poetry, there's a lot of childhood memories that would have just been stuck so far in the far reaches of my mind that so would be ridiculous. But I just thought about how we uh, had hand-me-downs. And you kind of look, you know, your older brother and sister had stuff, and you look forward to the day that, you know, they were going to grow out of it or it's going to be yours next, you know. Or your cousins came by and they had something different that used to be their older brothers. Maybe you were going to get it one day. Yeah, exactly. a, lot of, a lot of people don't know anything about that. Oh, trust me, I used to remember 
in our neighborhood watching the guys who, who the older brother had a pair of shoes that he wore for a time, and then he outgrew them, and then the next thing you know, you'd see him on the younger brother's foot. There you go. I, I got to, now, i got to admit, in my situation, I was kind of glad that that wasn't part of our household routine because the only sibling I had was an older sister, and that would have just been too damn confusing for me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is I had an older sister, and so Uh actually we had, I have an older sister and a younger sister, and so I was the middle kid. So Lori, mom would take, you know, go out shopping and get Lori stuff, you know, and Lori would pick out stuff that she liked, and, you know, her favorite colors were pink and purple and orange, right? And then it would be time to, I, I hardly ever did I get to go pick out something brand new for me. I got all her hand-me-downs. And I hate, I remember one time my mom making me, making me wear this pink dress that I was handed down from my little sister. And I sat there and I cried so hard because I did not want to wear that dress. And I ended up getting my ass beat, sent out the door, and had to wear that god-awful concoction all day long to school. And I will never forget that. I hated it so when you're sitting there talking about hand-me-downs, I'm thinking about all the purple and pink crap I had to wear with big flowers and stuff because, you know, everything was her style, her color. She got to pick them out first, you know, and I got her leftovers. So there's a downside to that. <laughs> I, I just see you getting your ass beat for being a willful child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that happens a lot. Happened a lot. That's why I learned, you know, I, I spent most of my childhood, I just spent out in the woods that were below our house. I, 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 was, I was pretty self-sufficient and entertaining, and, uh, yeah, I, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get in trouble by myself. <laughs> no, not willful at all. Okay, do you want to read another one? Um, hello? Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, do you want to read another one? Oh, sure, sure. I can have one right here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, This is called, um, I Miss You. I miss you for things we didn't do. Just facing each other on a hard floor, sweating, counting sit-ups, crunches, smiling, each at the other, under the strain, sharing the burn. Come back. We'll just do it. I swear. I'll even turn off the TV and lose the slice of pie. And phone. Aww. Aww. I love I like it. That. Yeah. That had a real nice homey feel to it. I like that. <laughs> I challenge myself. Some women I know say, you never you write all these poems. You never write anything about love. I do, but I just, you know, from a, a view of scans, you know. That's okay. <laughs> I write it from an angle, from a, like everything else I write. Yeah, I enjoy somebody that, that takes a look at something from a different perspective. It, you know, it, yeah, it broadens your own horizons. Well, you know, it, it kind of helps us round out the experience of it because I'm sure it's much easier for a lot of people and it's much more, uh, uh, it's easier to accept for a lot of people who would read 
love about about love and pink clouds and sunshine and sky rockets and flight, you know. Um, but that, or, that would only work if, if you were forever mated to your first crush. Because if it gets beyond that, you got some of this in there too. <laughs> there you mm-hmm. go. Only and there are some people, you know, very nice people, very good people, and and not lame or or you know ignorant or any of that. Some very nice people who who met somebody when they were fourteen years old. Now they're eighty and they've never been with anybody else. And God bless them, you know. But for most of us, it didn't happen that way. And so you have issues in there. That's crazy. People that have known each other that long, I can't even. I can't even fathom that. I thought about something the other day. I don't think that I. I in fact, I know. I don't know a single person that I went to school with when I was a child. Wow. You know, I mean, it, I, I I grew up in a dynamic time and place. I mean, I graduated out of out of New York City in the in the era of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was class of '69. Man, everybody went with went, and uh, you know, it's been some time since then. And you no, know, I don't know anybody that I went to high school, junior high, grade school, middle school, none of that, because <clears throat> I left and I kept. Them. It's, yeah, I mean, I was I was talking about that the other day. I moved around so much getting radio, you know, and I was a single mom, so whoever offered me the most money, I was gone. I'd move, you know, and I never stayed anywhere long enough to, to build lasting relationships. I never stayed anywhere long enough to, you know, make lifelong friends. I've got one yeah. one guy, his name's Gary. He's my sweetie pie forever. He's the, you know, I dated him off and on from the time I was 18 and we still talk. He still calls me every Christmas when he gets drunk and asks me to marry him, you know, after all these years. And he's the only person I know where I can, you know, go tug on his sleeve and say, or sleeve and say, ooh, 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 do you remember when? And he does. Yeah. You know, and then I see people that I know people I went, I've met people I went to high school with, but that's only because we've reconnected on Facebook. So I talk to people I went to high school with, but I didn't know them all my life. You know, it was just a, it's a Facebook reconnect. So it's weird. It's weird to me when I watch people that have had these relationships their entire lives with people. It's such a foreign concept. Here's a strange sounding phrase, but leaving, first leaving the gateway drug. Okay, when when you can at the age of 17, 18, 20, 21, whatever it is, uproot and leave your mother, father, sisters, brothers, classmates, all of your community, and you can leave and go away. Oh, it makes the next place that you leave that much easier to leave behind. And the next person who, you know, is not your original childhood sweetheart, when things get a little bit rocky, it's just easier to just say, well, okay, just like I left that one and found you, I can keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, until I moved back home to Oregon, the longest I lived anywhere was four years, my entire life. Not crazy. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is something. 
Yeah, I left home when I was 14. I was put in foster homes when I was 14. I went to 12 different high schools during those my high school years. So, yeah. No wonder I have such a wanderlust, right? Really? <laughs> well, that's one thing. Yeah, it explains that. Yeah. Never really had the opportunity to set any roots. But you know, I I like that. That's it. Sounds kind of stupid and silly, but that's one of the things I really like about me. I like that I have no fear of yeah, you yeah. know, fear of what comes next or going out and doing things. I I don't have the world doesn't frighten me. You know, I do all kinds of things that I probably shouldn't do because I don't have that natural fear of the unknown. You know, it, it almost becomes I, like an addiction. You know, that whole wanderlust thing. You know, you just yeah. you have to go. It comes its own flow. I'm I'm a um, I'm a car salesman, and mm-hmm. that very you're talking about. You know, once you break that barrier of fear, there are a lot of car salesmen are good at. at some guys are just mouthy. They run their mouth, and at the moment of truth, they're afraid to pop the question and get the money. And I look. I look forward to this most dreaded moment when this guy that you just met an hour ago and you befriended and you showed him all this stuff, but now it's time for business. Now this guy you just met an hour ago or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever the case may be, now it's time for you to very forthrightly ask him for $45,000 and expect to get it. And then the most difficult part of the whole deal for most for most. Uh, most salesmen, they just it, you know you just taught not to do it all the way through your life, and now all of a sudden you you got to do something that everybody can't do, and it is the easiest part of it for me, it's, it's because there's only two things that can happen: you can say yes and and mission accomplished, or you can say no like everybody else. You know, but once you. No, I was always have, I always did the soft close. I always let them sell themselves. So you're talking about being a yes. car salesman. So you watch them, you look and see how they're dressed. You see what car catches their eye. You listen to the yes. things they say. You hear. You find out ultimately what their personality is and what they want and what kind of yeah. what kind of image yeah. they're looking for. And you just paint them in it. You talk about the car. You talk about. You know, I can picture you in this truck up in the mountains with your dog, and you know, put let them picture it in their driveway, and then it's just the easiest thing in the world. I'm done. There you go. <laughs> just, just so you know, <laughs> I'm out of steam now. <laughs> Did we lose him? Did we lose him? We didn't lose him. I don't think so. Doug, you still there? We lost him. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so let's see. Let's see if we can get him. Maybe we can get him to call back in, if we can get him to call back in. Trying to remember what his area code was. Let's go ahead and grab. There he is. Okay, we got him back. Are you back okay. with us, hon? Yeah. yeah, we got. Sorry about that. I hear what you know. That you know. I hear what you're saying. That's that's that very necessary good selling phrase. But there comes that moment after you've done all that stuff. You got to tell this guy, no, it's forty-five thousand dollars. It's not forty-two fifty. 
it's $45,000, and you can take it home. <laughs> so that's that moment where a lot of knees turn to jelly. When the guy starts telling you what the guy across town is going to do and how, you know, if I don't like the deal, I'll walk out. Well, walk out. We'll stop this charade. Walk out. Mm-hmm. Or, stay by, or stay in by the car like you just traveled all the way across town to do. Don't threaten me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that moment of truth. But my point was not about selling cars. My point was about losing the anxiety over loss. That that you when when you moved away and when you severed ties and you severed ties with everything of comfort and sustenance and you're just out there with the wind blowing at you. And if you've been able to do that, then that that forty five thousand dollar moment comes a lot easier to you than to a guy who lives in the same community he grew up in. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, I can see you being an ace loser. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's why I call you. You know, you know I was, you know, I'm in a situation, any kind of sales, you know, people are there because they, they want to make that purchase. You know, it's yeah. just helping them find the one that they're emotionally attached to and what they really need. And if you can find what someone is emotionally attached to and you can find out their true desires, like, you know, the movie, the show Lucifer, what is it you truly desire? You know, if you can figure that out, then it's just figuring out a way for them to be able to afford it. And, you know, money and money shouldn't, isn't hard to talk about because okay, it's this. You know, it's this price. Let's let's can let's get this done and blah blah blah. I don't know. I'm done now again. Again. <laughs> Stan's doing nothing oh. to save me either. Neither are you. You guys. Neither one of you guys are talking. Am I? I'm, I'm trying to save you from you. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Okay. All right. Do me a favor, honey. Tell everyone how to find you. All right. Well, I am Doug Curry, and I'm found under that name on Facebook. Also found on Facebook under the name of my radio program, Blacks and Blues. Blacks and Blues airs on Friday night from 9 to midnight at WRUR.org, 9 to midnight Eastern Time. Airs on Saturday night. From uh, 10 until 11 at WDC, uh, 10 to 11 Central Time, and the Chicago radio station WDCB.org. Uh, also, I am a, a proponent of uh, all poetry. I'm always there, and of course, Thursday night there. <laughs> Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Great job. Appreciate you so much, and. Uh... You know, if you, I don't know if you have to run off. Let me see the, how much time we got on the board. We got 38 minutes left. Do you want me to put you on hold and grab the next caller, and then come back and grab you again? Sure. Okay. And um, when you can read another one, so go ahead and find another one to read. Okay. Okay. All right. So we've got Doug here. I'm making notes so I don't forget what I'm doing. Let's go ahead and get eight three, or excuse me, eight six three, eight six three. Are you with me? Um, uh, yes. Um, hello, N- hello, Nyla. Mm-hmm. Hello, my beautiful Miss Noreen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, how you all doing? Well, we're doing fine, dear lady. How are you? Okay, I'm doing okay. Okay. Um, um, hello, Stan. 
Stan, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I and um um I thought well um that um um the uh, I had that book signing last um Saturday, and I sold I saw 10 the books. pictures. Yes, I sold ten books. That is so amazing. Yeah, I saw the pictures of that, and it was just beautiful. Absolutely well, beautiful. <laughs> and and you you know what? I I was upset at first because I my my cell phone became missing right there at the book signing table. I just laid it right there. It was because it wasn't inside the store; it was in front of it. And I just laid it there on the book signing table. I didn't think, and and I just was worrying about the cash box, not the cell phone, because I thought nobody will get a cell phone. I guess I'm wrong. So later on, I had to go. I I waited later, so to get me a cell phone, I had to because somebody needs to, you know, use a credit card or something. And so I um, there was a customer there um, over there at the um, at the Boost Mobile. And he was his name. His name was Eli. He's a teacher, and he's from Kenya, uh, Africa. And and he told me he he wanted my business card, so I gave it to him. He's gonna tell his colleagues about me and my books. So maybe I'll. And I told him you can go online. I mean on my um website, and you can order it to there. So I don't know if one if they're gonna go on there or not yet. I'll give them a few days if anybody goes on there. <laughs> that is incredible. I'm so yes. proud of you. And I know Thank Gary's you. proud, too. I'm proud yes. of you. I'm proud of Gary. I know Gary's proud of you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, baby. Yeah, and the pictures were awesome. I was looking at those, and I was just so happy. I wish I could have been there. You know, I really thought oh. about <laughs> trying to, uh, trying to, um, figure out a way to be there and surprise you and just walk up and buy a book. But, you know, that uh-huh. wasn't going to happen. But I really wanted to. I really thought that would be awesome to do. Oh, that would. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to read for us, Lev? Um, I changed my mind at the last second, and I'm going to read a poem that Gary and I we wrote together, our very first poem we wrote together. It wasn't going to be that way, but ended up like that. Um, and and I, I wrote the first two lines and asked him, what would you what would you say next? What would you, can you help me? So it ended up being where we went back and forth. So it's, oh. called, a poem, it's called A Poem for Lovers. Okay. It says, give me a gentle touch and I'll give you rhythm. You needed me. Give me music, and I'll give you song and dance. You don't know me. Give me a tantalizing smile, and I'll give you a kiss of flame. And I'll be happy, and I won't take the blame. Give me your Cupid arrow, and I'll give you my heart of true love. Welcome to my world. Give me your sweet lips, and I'll give you a kiss of fire. You make me scared of life, but I'll take you for my wife. Give me an evening, and I'll give you a paradise of heaven that you won't forget. A promise of love should be one no one ever forgets. The end. That was beautiful, Noreen. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
that was. That was just so sweet, you know, and your guys' voices going back and forth, your guys' words, you know, just still there, still loving each other. Yes. That was about as as near a seamless collaboration as I've ever heard. Wow. Thank you. That was was almost of one mind and heart. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. Wow. (laughs) Are you going to read a second one, sweetheart? Um, Yes. Okay. Um, I'll read one of Gary's. Okay. Okay. Um, it's it's a simple me. Do you, wait, 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 wait! Before you start reading, do you know that that's like my favorite piece of his? Yes, that's why I was reading this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, a, a simple me. Nothing wrong with being just a little simple. Simple food, simple me, loving you. Simple clothes and simple shoes. Simple me, loving you. Simple car and a bow in your hair. Simple me, loving you. Our family is small, just two. One more, soon is due. Simple me, loving you. Things we need are not free. My true love makes you love. Simple me. The end. Oh, man. You know, I love that piece, and I remember talking to Gary about that. And, you know, teasing him about, you know, how who'd you write that for? You know how I tease you guys and stuff. Yes. But he sat there and he said, when your life is full, you realize that the rest, that everything else doesn't matter. When you love somebody and they fill your life, then all of the rest of the, I don't remember if he said chaos or, or clutter or something along those lines, you know, but, you know, referring to his life with you, you know, the, you know, just, Simply being with you made life so complete for him wow. that none of the other stuff held any value anymore. He was, his life was full just because you were beside him, and that's part of the reason that that's one of my absolutely favorite poems that he wrote because that message is just so amazing. You know, we spend our lives running around chasing this and chasing that. And we got to have this and we got to have that. You know, but when you find that special person. All of a sudden, there's nothing in the world whose bling compares to how your heart feels. No. Yeah, and none of it becomes, nothing's important anymore but that person in your life. And so that's why that is so endeared to me, because he loves you so much. You know, yes. and that really, for me, personifies that type of just total, total love. Yeah, it was. Yes. I agree. I miss, with I miss him so much. I don't think I, I could know, ever you do, get baby. Him. You're not supposed to. Why would you want no, to? I don't want you know, you to. Can't, it's not something you can fold and put away and tuck in a drawer and move on from. No. no, those fingerprints are so embedded into who you are and into your DNA. You know, you you learn to move forward. You know, and you learn to carry memories with smiles. You learn to you learn to do what you're doing in your own way. Everybody has to carry that burden with them in their own way. And no one can tell you how to do it. Nobody can tell you, you know, when to do it or how to get over it or or anything, you know. 
anything like that. You're going you're gonna to figure out how to get through this on your own as long as you remember that you will and that you yes. are not on your own. You are never alone. You are never on your own. You have so many people in this world who love you and Gary so much, yes. who you guys mean so much to us, you know, that all you have to do ever is just reach out and someone's going to be there. There's never going to be a time when you put your hand out and it's not going to be filled. Yes. Just remember that, okay? Okay. Love you, honey. Okay, we love you too. Okay. <laughs> and I, You're so beautiful. Well, thank you. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So what did you want to do, honey? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, um, um, can can um can I read um one more? Yes, or, you can. It, okay, it's um this one I wrote for my special man. Okay, you're my teddy bear, darling, forever and more, and now you're my angel, watching over me, standing beside me. You'll always be in my heart. You're always in my dreams, in our home, every place that I go. Every star that I see and every wildflower that appears before my eyes, every shadow I see, every love song I hear, I imagine you're the one who's playing that song just for me. I'll never, ever forget you. You give me love so pure, enough to last me a lifetime and eternity. One day we'll be reunited, acting like we've never been apart, holding hands and share it in the moment we're together again when God says my life here on earth is finished. The end. Absolutely beautiful. Go ahead, Stan. I'm sorry, honey. No, to me that just is an example from you Mm -hmm. that no matter what, no matter what, you two are never really going to be parted. Because what you shared is in your heart and is untouchable and is immortal. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. All right, my darling love, tell everyone how they can find you guys. Okay. Um, you can find our three books, Reflections of Our Inner Beings. Um, and the the Ara Truth and um, Two Hearts in One. You can find them in our, in our website, or you can find it on Amazon dot com. And and in our website is Gary and Noreen dot Wix W I X dot com front front slash poetry. And you can find us on ReverbNation dot com. And you can find us on um uh. Um, Facebook.com And you can also find us on Wikinut.com <laughs> And well yes, you can find indeed. us all over well, um, We're also Google I can't say that anymore Googleable and Googleable and Googleable It's been so long since I said that <laughs> I think it's cuter that you can't say it. <laughs> and that was adorable. So oh my gosh. That was so cute. That was so cute. You're welcome. And you know what? 
congratulations again on your your book signing thing. That is phenomenal. Yes. You know, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm seeing you standing there and you've got your, you know, you've got your books there and you're at the storefront and you're with the owner and you just you look yes. absolutely stunning. You look beautiful, breathtaking, gorgeous. You know, well, I and you. I can't even tell you how much my heart just swelled and just I was so proud, so proud that you deserve that and that's exciting. And, and, oh yeah, and then and the first man didn't get his picture taken, but he bought the first book, and 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 I, and I I didn't get his name or anything. Well, he said he don't read poetry, but his wife does. Well, he bought a book, and here comes this other n- n- woman coming up, and she said with two little kids, and and um she said well she's broke, and and these titles sounds interesting, and that man handed it to her. After he bought it, he gave it to her and said, Happy Mother's Day. Well, he, 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 went, he went on. He went on. I told her, is that your husband? He said, no. She said, no. <laughs> so he gave it to her, a complete stranger. Instead of his wife, he gave it to her. So a complete stranger. That is something. And it said, Happy Random Mother's Day. Random of kindness. Yes, that's, okay. yes. Yes. Wow. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, he may not he may not be into poetry like he said and was getting it yes. for his wife, but that's the heart of a romantic right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. But instead of giving it to his wife, he gave it to a complete stranger. That is something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. Very sweet. Yes. Yes. All right, Noreen. Great job tonight, mm-hmm. sweetheart. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm so excited. You guys go over and check out the pictures on our page. Seriously, I am just absolutely, absolutely so excited. So proud of you. All right, hon, we will talk to you next week. Yes, yes. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, thank you, and we love you, sweetie. Okay. Oh, I want to thank all the um, sponsors who who, um, are sponsoring the show this year. And I want to um, thank everyone. Um, I can't. I got to write down all these names so I can say one individually, but I can't remember. I know one of them is. <laughs> There's a lot. You don't have There's to remember all the names. <laughs> okay, I'll just thank everybody all all together, and then and who's sponsoring. And I want to thank you, Nyla, and and thank you, um, Stan, um, for um, um hosting the show for the year. Thank you all. Place. Okay. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week, baby girl. Thank you so oh, much for okay, calling okay. in. Okay, you're welcome. Okay. All right, hon. Bye-bye. Okay, talk to you later. All righty. Let's go ahead and get... Let's get this. Uh, let's see. We still have to bring... Uh, it looks like Soldier Blue may not be on there now. I think I might have lost him. I think I might have lost the whole board right now. That's, there we go. All right, so I'm going to grab... This was Doug, who we are going to be bringing back on. I have 832. 832, are you with me? Yes. Hey, sweetheart. Hi. Hi, Nella. I don't remember to have pressed one, but I was hoping you would. 
It's so good to hear from you. You know that we had uh, John Kays came on earlier and yes. read a poem that he wrote for you. It is so absolutely beautiful. I just started mm-hmm. a group, and it's called My Poetry Friends, and I invite all the poetry friends across whoever is listening and whoever is not listening but they can listen to come and join this group and share your poems. Even if you can read a poem or even if you can write a poem, you can present it or you can do any which way in any language and if possible in translate it into English. That's, that's absolutely going to be so beautiful. I started really enjoying life and um, with right now with the Starry Night by Van Gogh at the Asylum or Starry Night Van Gogh at the Asylum by Martin Bailey book and I'm really enjoying life today I can say that and especially since I started listening to your program and my friend Noreen is sounding so sweet with all her giggles and googles and uh, to mm-hmm. look up for her by googling and giggling and I know, I was waiting to hear those words until I hear that it is not complete. So I really enjoyed doing that. That's so funny. Yeah, Nori, no matter what, you're not alone because we are all here and Gary is with us. He's he's overseeing all of us like like an angel and... And coming from India, I know that he is there. He is the spirit. So we all are spirits within ourselves. So we are all, it can never be destroyed, just as energy can never be destroyed. And the spirit is equivalent to energy, if, you know, if that's what you want to believe in. And that energy, just mm-hmm. because it's not in this home, doesn't mean it's lost. It's there. Sound energy can be converted into electric, and electric can be converted into mechanical energy and all these things. So he's part of the overall spirit who is overlooking us, and that's the energy that we got in us, brightening our souls and bringing out the poetry within us. I invite all our friends, because this gives a meaning, only to know all of you. It's not an arena or anything for me. It's an arena for everyone. Um, and Naila, I, I want you to be there with us and then guide us, lead us, and give, you know, the same things that you give online and as well as um, on the radio of what I can do, what anyone can do to improve their skills and thoughts. And we are so ever so grateful for your direction as well as bringing up the spirit within us. Oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Naila. And um, there was a small poem that I wrote that in the same um, way, just, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's a poem or anything, but it is something that I wrote, and uh, I would like to share with you all. Please. I have to go into that um, page, first of all, and... Um, and it's not difficult because because I can see friends who have logged in there, and it's easy for me to log in there too. Okay, here we go. And uh, 
the poem that John Case has written is so absolutely beautiful, especially because when the wind is blowing, it it fills the heart, and you know who it is who is playing the flute. To me, it is Krishna. And um, what I wrote was, my friends, we are all sharing something that glows in the dark, even as it glows in your blood. Lo and behold, all those sparks creating an aura from and beyond mundane thoughts, taking us into sublime, elevating them to the truth and into eternity. I was about to say to the to the math also, because truth and math are one and the same. Uh-huh. And as I write this and as I think about it, I also think about my, um, you know, I have very great teacher. Um, she was my, she taught us uh, math in my tenth grade. Um, it was a. Uh, higher mathematics than the general math courses and I am not surprised why I'm so influenced because she is also a poet and she's all she would have done her master in literature if not for math so uh, my teacher's name is Sonia Mohandas and uh, Sonia Mohandas Piyati is her name and I don't think she's hearing this I'm going to send a link to link of this once it is recorded to her um because she inspires, she inspires, and uh, I had the guilty feeling that I did not go to my 10 plus 2 level with a math background, or I didn't take her classes because I moved to a different school and I did science, and then from science and all, I jumped everywhere. And my first step that I missed was always there, and uh, that's the reason why Robert Frost's poem, The Road Not Taken, is always with me. And our vice principal, his name is, uh, his name was uh, Mr. Venko Brau. Sir, he was, uh, we called Sir back in India. You know, you should excuse me that I'm coming from that. As well as, uh, I don't want to disrespect how I used to address him. I never would ever dare to call him Mr. Venko Brau because. He's always my teacher. My teacher. Okay, uh, coming back to present. So that poem is always with me. Mr. Mr. Venko Brosser, he was such a great spirit um, in inspiring us, especially one was about um, Robert Frost's poems, as well as... Um, one of the books that he has inspired all the students who are, you know, just adolescents right after their 13 or 14 years, they were listening for, for the very first time, out coming out of their families and how back in India, how parents, how they want to control kids and everything that goes with them. And it's not just the kids, but they carry with them all the responsibilities and um everything that has to be done, the way it has to be done in, in a family atmosphere. And from that, they sprout into individuals because of our teachers, because our teachers mold them into humans, into individuals. From these mundane th- thoughts, they develop us to sprout 
towards seeking truth and towards step, giving our step towards the eternity. So if that was one. And the other one, the book that I was referring to you was about, um, I think it must be, um, I'm not sure I remember the author's name, um, First Man on the Moon. That is, I it's right in my head. I can't bring out the author's name, but he's one of our favorite authors, First Man on the Moon, and was written about 100 years back. And what... Uh, our professor said was that um, as and how people are going and achieving their dream, they have to shed everything. If they have to go, keep going in that direction, no matter what, either it's your dream or your poetry or your science or you are going to be an engineer or a doctor or a artist or even, um, let's just say, working with a wood or something, at a point, you cannot take everything that you have been trained with you, but you have to concentrate on one thing. So as in how you're progressing, your path becomes so narrow that there is no going back. Unless you have wings and then you take over into a different world, either imagination or even in reality, you have to just, however, um, over the time that we have seen since 70s to this era, we have seen that um, many sciences have become, in fact, too many sciences have come up and it's a result of uh, amalgamation of thoughts, both in science as well as um, literature, as well as social sciences. That is what is bringing us what we have today. Just because one is writing a poem or just because some people are working on showing or sharing their thoughts into poetry, it doesn't mean they are not close to the business or to the world. Many a time we see that businesses are developing advertisements and with jingles and uh, poems and small things that rhyme and some creative things these are the ones that are bringing up the spirit of humanity back into the business as well as making the businesses run. The businesses across the world, the global businesses are run because there is a human spirit within that can reach. And this has been addressed by many social scientists also, including Sorokin. And I think we are not going in a narrow phase at all, but from that narrow phase, we are developing into such a world where all the ways, like all roads lead to Rome, all these disciplines, all these specialities are leading into one thought, one reality, one eternity, and that's what is binding us all. These are a few of my thoughts that I wanted to share with you, and I didn't know that I was going to talk all this. <laughs> my life, will you? <laughs> That's okay, my love. I didn't plan this. Yeah. Well, all right. And thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, Chris. You're very welcome, love. All right, so now what do you want to share? You tell me. Do you want to read something? Yes, of course. Okay. Okay. Um, to once again go back to where I was and uh, since since my poems got all messed up, especially because my phone was changed and it, this one doesn't have all those things that the other phone has held in especially the notes, so um, I don't know. Um, I'll go and see if I have any notes that are saved. How is the weather out there, Naila, with you all? It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful here. Yeah, very sunny though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can do this. How come I did not remember that? I'm going to my page, so I might find something. Um. Do you want me to put you on hold real quick and I'll let Doug read his piece and then we'll come back and grab you? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do that. All right. We'll come right back and get you, Uma. So we'll Mm -hmm. check Doug first. And then grab Doug and then we'll have Stan read one after Uma. All right. Doug, are you with us, honey? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Here he is. Hello. Hello, folks. Glad to have a chance to read this. Uh, I have a a great feeling about this particular poem. Um, black athletes and activism. There's not enough said about it, and unfortunately, not enough support when uh, athletes step out of their usual role, where they could become very prominent and very rich by not saying anything, and they sacrifice some of that for the good of sometimes people who don't fully support them. This is called Forgot About Cap. Did not cross the line. Oh, oh, oh. sorry, sorry, in the name. Okay, let's talk in the beginning. Forgot About Cap. An ingrate to the Redbirds, a threat to the game, a rabble rouser. Kurt Flood is my name. They knelt, held hands while I took the rap. Played nice with protests and forgot about Cap. Did not cross the line. Wouldn't go to boot camp. I'm a fighter, not a soldier. They still call me champ. In not playing for pay when play was in session, they opened our eyes to a valuable lesson. To whom much is given, indeed much is required. They transcended sport and forever inspired. The humble to stand, the gifted to kneel, the pious stand firm, their truth to reveal. Kurt Flood, the all-star, Kaepernick with his fro, and the greatest, Ali, each one a hero. And poem. I like that one. Yes. Yes. Exactly. These were people who put it on the line. 
for something that they believe was bigger and more important. Yeah. And uh, and lost, personally lost. You know, all these ball players of all sports making all this money now. It was Kirk Flood who refused to be traded like uh, property by the by the St. Louis Cardinals back around I think what nineteen sixty nine seventy, and broke down what mm-hmm. was called the reserve clause. And now all these ball players became free agents that went to the highest bidder, which means that they got you no. Know, People people would say, well, why is a ball player worth all that money? Well, you got to remember something. If that money wasn't going to the ball player, well, where's it going? Whoever deserved it more than the guy that you pay your money to see. So <laughs> who deserves to get paid more than he does? Um, yeah, and there's the other bottom line to that one, Doug. On any given play, at any given game, that career can end. There you go. There you go. But you got Colin Kaepernick, and I really don't understand how any black people watch or have anything to do with the NFL at all. He's a man who had everything to lose, put it on the line, and lost it. And the best you can do is continue to pay the people that you know colluded to keep him out of his fortune. You have the nerve to do that when he put himself on the line, basically saying that, you know, it's not right that police might shoot your son. For nothing, and and after that, yeah, you're paying for the NFL. You must be out of your goddamn mind. And Ali speaks for himself. Period. Yeah. And there was a little bit of karma in that. To take a look at exactly what happened to the San Francisco 49ers without that man. Well, you know, he, you know, karma I, is I, a bitch. I, I understand, but even if they got, you know, even if somehow Tom Brady had come there and they won every game that they played after that, it still doesn't justify, you know, this man had something to lose. He was prob- probably less likely to suffer the thing he was protesting against than you were. Okay, but he put everything he had to, to lose on the line and lost it for what more likely would happen to you or your son or your nephew, and after he did that, and he's on the sideline, and nobody will touch him. They won't, you know, they're, they're blackballed, and you're paying for them. You're paying at the gate. You're watching TV. You're wearing jerseys. Are you out of your mind? How can that work? And so it's not a popular, you know, it's not a popular view. It's, it's just like when when you want to correct someone for saying, well, I could care less. No, you don't mean that. You mean I couldn't care less. But people don't want to be corrected. <laughs> and they don't want to be corrected. Well, I love that. It, it, I hate to say it, but this is a, I would it's say, a, a, a society that has elevated its value of entertainment over principle. But it's a p- particularly odious for black people. You have just signed your permission to be treated this way because the guy who stood up for you, you let him get slapped down, and then you continue to buddy up with the people who he was railing against treating you this way. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. You know, it's like you and I walking down the street, and somebody starts a fight with me, and you jump in to save me, and, and he and his buddies beat you up, and, and, and I walk down the street with them. What the hell is that? <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. 
no there's no there's no out to it. I, you know, I hate I hate for somebody to be so perfectly boxed in the corner. You, there is no reasonable response to how you do that. There is none. There's no out. None whatsoever. No. And like you said, oh, the man no, felt no. that what he was doing was more important than the game. Yes. And to my mind, he was right. But yeah. This, you know, this is this is unfortunately the price that you can pay if you stand to principles. It is. Because, this is the price. But you know what? Uh, I've heard poets say, you know, if you if you're going to make the stand, you better be ready to bleed. Well, well of course. This Most was the price. Now I admit, the idea that the man does not have the support he should have had. I agree with you. Well, you know, the, the thing is that he did something, and in doing something, he became himself something exceptional. We know that if you take a look at a bell curve, most people are not exceptional. They're average. They're mediocre. They don't have a backbone to do what he did. And the ones that do get called all kinds of craziness, or they, are some, they, they somehow stand out in the crowd that they're in. Ali was an exceptional man. Kirk Flood was an exceptional man. Kaepernick is an exceptional man. They they didn't have to do this. They had it maybe. But you know when 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 Kirk Flood took his stand against against that uh, clause, Willie Mays, who was the greatest ball player who ever lived, was fading fast. He was done. It was the end of the sixties. He was done. Kirk Flood was the premier center fielder in all of baseball. And his career went right down the tube with him standing up for all the ball players. And you know, before before the, the before his his grave was was fully dug, you know, the, the other ball players were collecting big bonuses with free agency. Yep. So off my off the soapbox, but you know what? I, I say I never will get off that soapbox. Anytime they they you know, anytime I'm in any kind of a forum and black people start talking about the NFL, I will always tell them you have no business or how, explain to me how you do this. Just explain to me how you do this. Without without contorting the facts, without telling me, yeah, but he still made money. Guess what? He's not you. He's an exceptional man. He was going to make money no matter what. But that, But he also made a decision that that didn't make him. It was something more important to him. And and he pursued that. He pursued that. Even you know the other ball players with this Lincoln arms and 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 you know you you got co-opted. You're joining in with the owners. What the hell did the owners protest? Didn't you guys hear anything about the 1960s? This is the man. Okay, this is the establishment that just said you know you can co-opt. You, I mean, you you can you can protest if you do it in a way that we approve. No, that's what protest is. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable with the way that you've been getting, been uh, benefiting from everything. So. Yeah, and there's another overall observation that I find a little disturbing. We are a nation that was built by revolutionaries, by rebels, by yeah. people who looked at the status quo and said no. Yeah. And this 
is a spirit that is necessary for a democracy, and it seems to be lacking. Well, it's well. It you understand? It is is hard to come by. It it is death defying. I, I can tell you that in the 1960s, and what you know, you had Martin Luther King, you had Malcolm X. People would think that okay, there was pushback among black people about Malcolm X because he's an ex-con, and and you know he talked about violence for violence, and and they, but you know what? What people don't realize, there were parents that told their kids about Martin Luther King. I'm not coming to get you out of jail. You go down there and get put away. I'm not coming to get you out of jail. Yeah. You know, Martin Luther King for standing up in the way that he stood up was revolutionary too and got pushed back to people that he was, he was doing it for. Not to mention Malcolm or Billy Jean King. But we can, we can, we can go on to, to, to the various segments of our society with people who had to stand up, Arthur Ashe. Yes. You know, not to mention any of those people. Exactly. You know, this 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 is not, uh, unfortunately, in our society, this appears to be a rarity where a country built on revolution and change, you would think it would be the standard. Yeah. But as it is said, what revolution does is replace one privileged class with another. Yeah. Wow. And that's what it does. Yeah. So that so that the people who come off the bottom as a result of the revolution now become the people who have something to lose if anything changes very much. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, affluence is affluence is an enticement, an inducement, and something people do desire. Yeah. I mean, when you think about how much we buy of manufactured goods that come from other countries that used to be jobs here in the U.S. And some of the labor practices that are in those nations are brutal. Even the last child labor laws. And yet we keep shelling out that money to buy that next thing that's got that blinking light or one more app or is the, you know, flavor of the month. Well, I, I was listening to a report or a feature on on uh, NPR tonight, and they were talking about how the Uber and Lyft drivers. They said, they said "Look, this this is no ride share. You know, this is an alternative to the cab drivers who have staked their living on this all their lives. Okay, you're ruining their occupation, and you have a softer occupation of being a Lyft driver." who works when you want to, but what happens when my mother has to go to, you know, her, her, her doctor's appointment at 11 o'clock in the morning and there would normally be a cab driver on duty, but you basically don't feel like working that morning because you're a Lyft driver. You're a contractor. There you go. Interesting stuff. Yeah. This is what I talk about, and I've kind of let you guys ramble here. But I was following the conversation, the directions you're going, the opinions you're sharing. And this is what I talk about. You need to have input in order to have output. 
you know, listening to you guys talk about something that you're both so impassioned about and sharing your views and sharing your ideas and going back and forth like that, ping-ponging, you know, thoughts off of each other and the whole conversation of it, you know, is inspiring. You know, that's input. That's that's listening to a conversation. That's learning different opinions. It's, you know, exploring thoughts and ideas that you may, in a way, you may not normally look at them, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Awesome nice conversation, one. boys. <laughs> it comes back to Nyla's Thursday night forum. Yeah, was, <laughs> isn't this a poetry show, guys? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. okay. Speaking is. of, you guys both get to hang out because we're gonna bring uh, we're gonna bring Uma back on to read hers. Uma, are you there, honey? Uh huh. Okay, I so we are really all going to sit here attentively while you read. Okay, it's not a very big poem. It's just a four-line poem, though. And there are more. Of course, I wanted to share with you the more ones. Oh, what happened to me? I, I was glancing in. I, if you go to my page, you are, on my wall, you see all these things where I get lost every time I look at it. So, so many things have happened this year. A very close friend of ours who had been awarded, um, you know, she was um, internationally recognized poetess and writer about 97 years. 90, she would have been 100 years on Mother's Day, but she, she passed away about uh, one or two months back, and that's a very tragic thing, and she was a good friend of ours. And uh, she was such an excellent um, singer, her name is um, Anasuya, and Benjamuri um, Anasuya is her name. And I think many years back, that that was even before I was born, and my, even my mom was born. She was already an expert in um, presenting poems and organizing, and as well as creating music. And she is all over known in India and. It was a tragic thing, but the good thing is that they're going to celebrate her birthday on uh, 19th of May in Houston, and that will be something. I think I'm going to look forward for that and share my feelings about her in that. And um, coming back to the poems, uh, instead of the, the one that I wanted to read, I would rather read the other one which is called, He is Here Now. I know he is not mine alone. I know he is what goes on. I know he is as nascent as he is ancient. I have no idea why he always pops in my mind. I long for him. My soul calls for him, keeps calling him. I know in my mind that he all he's always there. He's always here. It's like a dream, and dreams cannot be caught. One may try to achieve what one has dreamt, but one never can touch anything in a dream. Even though I cannot touch, he's within me, every breath. What do I call this? Devotion? Love? Passion? Madness? Or why does my mind play tricks on me? My mind keeps chanting his name, 
as this is my mantra, I cannot replace his, this name with anyone or anything. His name does not leave my mind as it keeps ringing and lingering there, shielding me from everything. It's him. Boys, you want to comment first? I I enjoy the imagery and everything that she does. It's it's so beautiful, you know. And I love the fact that it is presented so gently. Yeah, yeah. I I love her reading of it, uh, particularly just the soft, supple rhythm of it. Mhm. Beautiful, beautiful words, honey. Appreciate you so much you hanging in there and sharing that with us. And yeah, it was awesome. Oh, I'm not hanging in there. I'm just living. I'm I'm flying <laughs> and <laughs> well, well, you held on the line. You hung on the line till you were able to read again and that we appreciate very much. <laughs> well, I I was as I, like I said, I was going through I in fact found the poem that I wanted to read and suddenly it was lost because it is there on my on my wall. If you look up my wall, it's just a four page poem on uh, on Father's Day I think and um it's not much. Not it just much. says something about um the fact that um just the way we see the moon in the sky and the moonlight at Shavarsana, wherever the Father is, His light and His blessings are always there like a moonlight showering on us. I haven't put these words there, but that's what I meant when I compared that with it. Agreed. All right, Uma, do me a favor, sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Hey, every time you ask me the question, I feel so, like, you know, I don't know answer. I don't know how they can come find me. Because... <laughs> You're on Facebook, right? You want to just give us your Facebook page? Yeah, I have a Facebook page, and it's called Uma G. G, G is as in, uh, you know, G as in God, G as in Goparaju. And G is just, GG actually means sister in Hindi. So I, I carried my last name, first initial. Um, it's not my maiden last name, which I always use, but this is the last name I came into. And G is to complete it. GG is to say Umaka, Uma, Uma, sister Uma, or Uma Ben, something like that. So anyone who wants to talk to me can say Uma Gigi and I'm there. And funniest part of it is, it's not funniest part, actually, it's the sweetest part, I should say. Um, Krista, or uh, Christabel, she read out a poem of mine on YouTube and presented it. And if you look up for Uma Jiji, you'll find her reading my poem. And that's one of my best poems that I always think it has some, it has a piece of me, I can say. So that's about it. I love that. All right, sweetheart, thank you so much. Great job tonight. I'm glad that you uh, held in. I'm glad that you read. Just fantastic. So we will talk to you next week, hopefully. 
hopefully because today it was a miraculous thing. I, I almost forgot it was a Thursday. And every Thursday, I don't know what happened exactly at the time of presenting the program. I'm either taken away or I have work to do or I'm lost. I keep thinking about this day the entire week long. And when the day actually comes, I don't know what takes me away. So don't get me wrong. I'm always there with you whether or not. Well, I love it when you are here. I'll just start sending you more reminders. (laughs) All right, baby. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And everyone of us here, thank you so much. And I'm going to go back and uh, listen to entire commentary from everyone. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Naila. Thank you, Noreen. And thank you, whom I'm not calling your name, but I'm, I know what I'm talking about, and you're there <laughs> in my thoughts. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, thank honey. Bye-bye, uh-huh. sweetheart. So, Doug, do you want to tell everyone how to find you, my darling? Tell them how to find you again. I'm sorry, was that for me? It was for you, sweetie. Okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm Doug Curry. And I'm found on Facebook under my name, Doug Curry. Also found, I have a page for Blacks and Blues. And, again, I invite everyone to tune in and catch up with me on the weekend. Friday night, Blacks and Blues airs from 9 to midnight Eastern time at org. Saturday night, Blacks and Blues airs from 10 to 11 o'clock Central time in Chicago at org. And every Thursday that I can get here, at a reasonable hour, I'm here to uh, enjoy the, the poetry and the conversation here. Uh, also, I would encourage everyone to take a look at allpoetry.com. It's a place to write poetry, gain instruction, and critique or be critiqued. It's a good poetry site. So uh, I'm glad to be here, and I hope to interact with all of you. Thank you so much, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Good job tonight. Thank you, hon. Thank you. All right, Stan, what do you have to close the show with? Well, something off of a Nyla prompt. And I call it the weight. In fireplace globe bundled, awaiting the cold to time out. Through frosted window, the slow dripping grip of snow at inchworm pace, releasing the tree branches. While the chill of winter's darkness sits quietly, extending the excruciating anticipation of the season's change. I love that. <laughs> that was awesome. Too short, of course, naturally, yes, but that yeah. was awesome. <laughs> but i got to tell you, I do love the prompt, too. That's a wonderful prompt. <laughs> I, uh, I have a lot of fun doing those. You know, it's it's, it's one of those things you always wonder, and, and I, I, I guess I should say not everybody, I always wonder. I always wonder if... People even pay attention, really, you know, if they really pay attention, if they do, yeah. 
So it's nice. It's fun for me. I love it when they come back to me and, you know, I see what you guys have written and and you're one of the best at doing that. So thank you. It makes me know that it's all worth it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, sweetheart. Do me a favor. Let everyone know how they can come find you again. Well, you can find me here on Nyla Alicia's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, Friday nights, uh, you can catch me on Epiphany Radios in the first part of the Epiphany Radios, Let's Talk About It. After that, you would find me on Fridays on World Poetry Open Mic, which is off of the Mixer app. And Tuesdays, you can uh, find me as a co-host with Rebecca Hollywoods, a.k.a. Murder, She Wrote, on the Hurt Locker which is also Epiphany Radio. I can also be found on occasions in the Outlaw Poetries group, uh, Friends of Words, Wonder, and Wit, and in three different anthologies, uh, the 2017-2018 anthologies of World Poetry Open Mic and the Outlaw Poetries Were in the Hoops anthology, all of which are on Amazon. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you for sharing. And we will talk to you next week. Yes, you will. And thank you, Nyla. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you for hanging out with me, baby. Pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. I wonder where Mama was tonight. Didn't have Mama. And one sapien, he wasn't here. There's quite a few people here who were not here tonight. Very odd. I'm hoping the lines didn't keep them off. I hope they weren't. I hope that they were just busy having fun and it wasn't the lines that kept them off tonight. All right. That's it, folks. We're done. Thank you for an amazing evening, both listeners and readers. I am so glad you all were here. And I am going to end the show with a audio track that is by uh, For Real the Poet called Unfulfilled. And we will talk to you guys next week. Good night, everybody. Unfulfilled. Unfulfilled substantially. This chance at love tasted but cut short due to unknown circumstances. Unforeseen. Unfulfilled. Sucked into this vacuum of emptiness. Calling out to you, missed you be, calling out to you, here I am, not standing shrouded in darkness, I wait for the echoes to bounce back to me, smothered acoustic strangled, wanting nothing to do with me, time ticks, telling me to keep it moving, so in this U-Haul I've packed on my things, Boxes of my love stacked to the ceiling. Moving on. In a vacated room sits your shit. Wrapped in toilet paper. Labeled. Flush this. Conditional love shit. I should have signed this contract dipped in both our blood. And made you stick to it. Love. Unfulfilled. But I've tasted it 
dined on it, drank a cup of it, succulent it, if but a sip. I walk away with a wet palate. Cupid's kiss can sometimes be poisonous. On to the next dish. Love, my thirst for it, unquenched for just a minute. If I could just touch it again, for just a moment. To endure the pain once again, still I cherish this. Unfinished. Thank you.